Welcome to the Martial Mind Podcast. Three training brothers talking all things martial arts, exploring training, self-discipline, and mindset. We will be diving deep into kung fu, life, and the current state of the world. I'm John, joined by Ed and Ryan. What's up, everybody? Hello, everybody. Hey, boys. What's up? What's going on? Well, first we just did. We literally like said hello in the exact same time. We both just went hello, everybody. Hello, like, everybody. We're just one person wearing one big shirt. Well, there is that fun fact that we might be related. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. We should do the twenty-three and me. I just don't. Just after hearing like Bill Burr's thing about like sending your spit into the internet, I'm just like, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, you may as well just be helping them create your like your, your apocalypse like Terminator clone. <laughs> <laughs> They've collected your DNA. Yeah. Well, they're, they're actually doing that. Like if you if you look into it, they're they're pretty much just yeah, they're collecting your DNA and, they, and you kind of sell your genetic information to oh, them. I think kind of paying is a bit them. Of a, that's a, that's a liberal word of the use. Kinda. I think you're. Definitely. I mean, you're like paying them, but also giving them permission to like cl- fucking clone you, basically. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I signed up for Clear my last trip to Maryland at the airport. And like, you, there's no login, there's no card, there's no membership number. Your login credentials are literally your biometrics. Like, when, when you walk in, they say, all right, come here, sir, look into the mirror. And like, you look into the mirror, make sure your eyes line up, and they scan your retinas. So my retinas and both of my palms are my login information. And then they just bring you to the front of the line and say, he's, he's good, he's clear. And you just go right into in the checkout, and that's not scary. They have my pupils. <laughs> they have my eyeballs. That, is that like a fancy airport thing? Clear? Uh, yeah, it's how you the skip the line. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, <laughs> For that's convenience really purposes, if you want convenience, we just have to recreate Total Recall. So just like, don't worry about that. It's fine. <laughs> All right. So before we get to ADD, let's get through some announcements. So first and foremost, we are really, really excited to announce that the Discord is up and running, Woo! and I am yeah. going to be constantly revamping this i don't really know much about this is the first time i've ever run a discord so guys whatever you want to see in there email it to us at the marshallmindpodcast at gmail.com uh the other thing i will say is that on march 19th if you live on long island or if you're willing to travel to long island on march 19th and there are still slots available sifu greg is teaching the Sanda Seminar. This is the sixth annual Sanda Seminar, and I learn so much during each one of these seminars, it gives me enough material to work for the next year. Yeah, it's crazy. It really is It really is a, a deep dive into, into like, hardcore, so hardcore I, fighting. Either message him on Instagram at Authentic Shaolin, at Authentic Shaolin, or text to 833-447-0203. One more time. That's 833-447-0203. And there's only so many spots that are going to be on the floor. So if there's still slots available, find out. See if you can't squeeze your way in there. Get your spot while you can. Definitely. We will, um, yeah, when we will, uh, we will see you guys there if anyone, if anyone does, uh, does happen to come. I mean, it's a great opportunity to get some real training in, you know, especially now that I think things are a little bit more, uh, relaxed as far as as far as the world is concerned you know and i think i think it's cool too to see because of course it's i feel like martial arts a lot of the times especially traditional martial arts will can sometimes fall more into a you know like uh form self-defense or like real real life self-defense settings or sometimes sparring settings if it's a good school but i think what's cool with the sanda is it's probably could be more palatable to you know, people who are people who are coming up in like that, like MMA, where it's just like, uh, where it's like this is like kung fu, actual 
what the song says, actual kung fu fighting. This is the this is a legit like <laughs> like And those kicks were fast as lightning. They, they um. this this is true. Because I mean Sanda is, is no no joke. Yeah, there's a lot of emphasis on road work. We put doing a lot of planks, throwing a lot of lead punches, a lot of jabs, nothing too crazy to start and it's a it's a great workout and it's a great way to really Realize how out of shape you are. <laughs> that, that that is that's the first thirty percent of the of the workout is learning how not in shape you are most of the time, and then it moves into then when you start getting into you know throws and tosses and dumps and um you know and just you know switch fighting and you know and really seeing how the whole it's a cool um kind of like point of the knife to see sometimes how I mean at least for us with training for a while seeing you know the whole system kind of come together where you know because you know kung fu as I've said is such a you know, and we've said it's such an integrated system where it's all, you know, the, the p- punching and kicking and throwing and, you know, joint lock and manipulation and, th- and um, throws are all, they're not, um, they're not separate. They're all interrelated and they're all used kind of in a singular string of attacks and defense. So it's, it's really cool to kind of see all of that um, kind of come to the come to the forefront, which is really cool. Yeah, nothing that we learn uh, exists in a vacuum. All of it is integrated into each other. And, you know, you, you see us doing these drills with the bags and with the mitts and everything. And, and, oh, well, that looks like boxing. Well, it's not boxing. It is kung fu. And all of our techniques and all the things we learn, all, the par- all those different parts of our forms, all come out during those drills. And we There's had- only one human body. So there's something to be said about the fact that when you start putting things into practice and you're really mixing it up, you know, like nothing is ever as clean in action as it is in practice, you know. Right. So you that's why you practice forms because you're practicing that the the, the sh- cleanliness of your movement, if that makes sense. You know, how to be really sharp, how to be really truly in control of your body and aware that's again where Tai Chi and Qigong comes into play. You become super aware of all the little tiny facets of your body, like the li- small muscle groups, connective muscle, connective tissue, all moving together. And there's this this symphony of movement that you learn through the art part of the martial art, like we were talking about, through, you know, the other day. That's a good something we can talk about in depth a little bit more later. But you know, the art part of the martial art, which is the expression of your movement. You know what I mean? Learning how to make your body do the things that it's never done before. Right. And like we had said, sometimes you train techniques, and the best part about training the technique is you realize it's not for you. Well, yeah, there was a lot of techniques that I believe that I couldn't do. And there's plenty that I still have difficulty with. But um, my first time I did an eagle kick was really cool, man. I didn't think I could do it. And all of a sudden, you know, I asked Sifu, like, hey, how do I go about learning eagle kicks? And he said, well, you do an eagle kick. <laughs> and so that's where, where it happened, right there. He, he kind of guided me step through uh, steps, you know, one, two, and three. You know, you do this, you do that. And all of a sudden, wasn't a pretty eagle kick, but it was an eagle kick. And there's something, there's something to be said for... Um, certain techniques in kung fu that almost don't have step this like step to step guides of teaching them like a kip up or more advanced kicking techniques or more like tumbles or detons or things like that where sometimes they're just like do it and then it it really is this cool practice of you kind of needing to really figure it out and feel your body and really I mean I mean that's a real moment of a real um 
concentrated moment of that, like building that mind body connection of like, okay, I need, I'm looking at what they're doing. Let me, let me feel my body and feel the motion of how to do it. Cause that's so, that's what's so much, so important, so much, so important. That's what's so important. And what really under underlines a lot of the stuff of this type of training that I feel like doesn't really come to the forefront that often is really that feeling memory of what stuff feels like while we're doing it. And like that muscle memory, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that, and really building that mind body connection. So like doing it, I mean, even like to your point, like when, when we were first learning how to do kip ups, you know, that's something where it's kind of, you just kind of got to do it and there's not really, they can give you some tips, but other than that, you really just kind of got to do it. And then, and then once you do it, you, your body intakes that information and kind of stores it and you know that feeling of what your body's supposed to be doing during that point. So, and back to the Sanda seminar too, like that's the road work, you know, like I think road work might be more of a colloquial term, you know, and it, yeah, what, for sure. what, what, what we mean by road work is really just the, um, the, the doing things for rounds, doing things for time, you know, doing your push-ups and your hundred punches and your hundred kicks on either leg and, and, and all those kinds of... Really breaking a sweat. Yeah, yeah. And and really understanding where your body is at. You know, it's like Seagong says, if you can't make it through the first half hour of the, of the seminar, what are you doing? And also, too, I think the term road work also speaks much more to the just gr- nitty-gritty, no-bullshit you know, like stuff that you don't want to work on, but you need to work on to be a better fighter stuff. Oh, you know, like as you said, basics. like just just doing the basic, like there's there's these basic floor drills that we'll do, um, like moving across the floor. You, I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about. For, yeah. For the people that are just listening on the outside doing it, it might look like it's not a lot, but to do it. And to feel your progression through it and still feel like how tired you get after just a few Seriously. minutes. Like how much endurance it takes to be able to continually do these techniques. But it's that that the understanding of the traditional technique applied to free fighting or free free sparring, which is what Sandan means. You know? The switch fighting. No, well, switch fighting is, is a way that we fight. Yeah. But Sandan means free sparring or free fighting i believe right. so you know just open combat with pe- of from people who know kung fu right and 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 like you said it doesn't look quite as clean live during sparring during nothing does yeah nothing like people have this perception of kung fu like from ipman that like every technique is just so precise and and like theatrical looking and like oh well, that's not kung fu that's just fighting is what it it looks like on the outside like i remember i, I took video of, of ryan's red sash test and i showed it to some people and uh and they were like oh well that's not that's not what i thought you meant by kung fu like this is fighting i'm like yeah this is this is what we do we just said the same thing and you didn't know it like that's the yeah, you, you just you just didn't realize that kung fu schools actually fight yeah everyone's so used to like Robert Downey Jr. being like, "Yeah, I trained Wing Chun," you know what I mean, and like, but always having a pretty face. It's like never, you know what I mean? Sweat. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's Wing Chun, you know, it's no big deal. It's, it's my great. it's my martial, it's my, it's my it's my chosen discipline. It's my chosen. <laughs> um, and I just felt that within me that I needed to do that. Um, but and that 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 is what's funny is is I is I think about this sometimes where so much of kung fu is perception where they were like because i because because that's because that's such a, a true thing where i feel like it, it's so quick to come out of people's mouths who like who are let's say in the fighting world or just even generally watch fighting and they see you know people who train kung fu actually fighting they're like oh that's not kung fu and it's like okay so how do you know what real kung fu is <laughs> yeah, you don't even been... you are you don't you watch fighting and probably don't even train so like how do you know what a specific martial art is supposed to look like you know it's, and that's the thing is there's so much 
perception around around expectation where it's like fighting is fighting and that's why Seagong says all the time you know even within traditional martial arts and and outside of traditional martial arts you know a punch is a punch a kick is a kick is a, th- a throw is a throw it's all you know just ba- you know variations of pretty basic principles of you know physics and and leverage and and you know cuz there's only so many different ways you can do that yeah throwing a punch looks like a punch no matter what art you practice, for the most part, you know, there's not a lot that can change. A punch is a closed fist strike looks like what it is. I think we need to come up with a new martial art where we really surprise people where I say, I'm going to punch you, and then I shoot them. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just pull out a 9 millimeter and shoot them in the knee. Just like, how did you like my punch? You want to see my kick? Just pull out a harpoon gun just steer their feet to the floor. <laughs> That's a punch now. Even then, and, you know, let's let's we – Let's bring this back to the real world for a minute. Um, this learning how to fight, I mean, obviously, like we had said before, you're never going to walk around with a spear. You're never going to walk around with a broadsword. Well, maybe. Maybe like post-apocalyptic America when you walk around with a sword. Like open, <laughs> open carry just turned into like Conan book the Barbarian. Eli style macheteing <laughs> everybody apart. You know what I mean? Oh, we're always on the same page. I was about to make a Book of Eli reference. <laughs> you're, you're a thought bandit. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, the oh, God, where was I? Right. But it, what it does is these understandings of those the weaponry and the precision of movement, it really does translate to open hand. And God forbid you ever had to like pick something up, you know what I mean, and use it. Like a pool cue can become a staff. A staff can become a pool cue. You know, there's little things like that. But also, we're training this thing and we're in this art. And I'm sure that like the, the first core group of our listeners are going to be on this martial journey with us. You mm-hmm. know, where I really like to see where the audience weighs in. And again, write into us. We want to hear from you guys, you know? Yeah. yeah. So at Marshall Mindcast on Instagram and the Marshall Mindcast, Marshall Mindpod, the Marshall Mind Podcast at gmail.com if you want to email us. Um, where do you guys weigh in on that right to defend yourself as far as it comes to what's going on in the Ukraine right now? You know what I mean? I mean, would, the, would, would Russia be making more steady progress had they disarmed their citizens? You know what I mean? What keeps us from an invasion other than the fact that, like, everywhere you go, every other house has an arsenal inside of it? Well, that's what Japan said. They refused to ever invade the United States because they believed there would be, like, a gun behind every blade of grass. That was, like, the literal quote, a gun behind every blade of grass. That's kind of what happened to us in Vietnam, isn't it? Basically. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember they were saying there was, like, reports that that they thought that, or I don't know if it was from the U.S. that was saying that they... If, if, like, Japan did invade directly after Pearl Harbor, that they wouldn't be able to stop them until, like, they could reach, like, the Mississippi or something. Like, they thought that they could, like, make it pretty far into the country, but Japan was like, yeah, I don't think so, though, because half of the citizens are guns. So, like, I don't know. Like, this is, it's just, like, it's just, like, 12. Yeah, yeah, literally. Uh, I've read a statistic somewhere that there are literally more guns than people in the United States, which is pretty cool, but there's not that many gun owners. It's, like, it's, like, it's, like, Finland that has more saunas than people, except, like, more violent. Instead of helping, like, it's just. They're death saunas. Well, that's the thing that, like, I, you know. I understand that people are really idealistic. And again, you know, the first two episodes, we mentioned Jordan Peterson, so we really alienated a lot of people. And now we'll alienate the rest of them (laughs) by saying that I am all for people owning their weapons. I'm all for people defending themselves. I 100% believe in the Second Amendment and think that we should have the right to arm ourselves against a potential invasion. Yeah, I mean, look at how crazy that statement you made earlier was, like, before we started recording, you were like, 
Yeah, Ukraine has handed out assault weapons to all their citizens to defend against the Russian invasion. But then Biden goes on on air saying that he's looking to, to take away assault weapons and high capacity magazines. And what like we're we're witnessing the importance of two A like in progress right now. The government's like, yeah, you should you should take this. You're like you you need this right now. And then our government is like, we you know we support. The crisis in Ukraine, you know, we're, we're, um, we're, there are allies, whatever, and we condemn the Russia wholeheartedly and, you know, support their actions of arming their citizens, which is what they're doing, and then go back and say, well, we're not going to do that. I mean, let's just say we're not getting invaded, you know, but the principle remains that do you believe in sovereignty or not? You know, do you believe in maintaining your own agency? And that's what uh, having firearms is. That's what having ability to, to do harm is, is maintaining agency and preserving yourself it's an aspect of self-preservation and, and what's funny is is again kind of like we were talking about last time where the art of self-defense and training to defend yourself and you know because that goes back to your own personal sovereignty of knowing that if someone approaches you or you know you're walking through a parking lot and someone comes up to you or you know you're with your family or your girlfriend or your wife that okay like this person is trying to potentially take away or affect or take away me or my loved one's sovereignty. They're you know? infringing on your health. <laughs> That's what they're making yeah. an attempt on. Yeah. It's like a cold with a knife. It's just what it is. <laughs> it's just like, a cold with a knife that could yeah. put you in the hospital. Give me all your T-cells and all your money. <laughs> it's like, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love this just turns into like Osmosis Jones all of a sudden. Like, the, like a, a absolute classic. Osmosis dude, that movie, I remember like people i think when someone asked me about that movie like remember osmosis jones and i'm like i don't think so they're like oh you remember uh you remember bill murray eating gross hard-boiled eggs and i'm like wait a minute yeah i do remember that because that's because that's how we got sick he was just eating bad eggs the whole movie i forget that that's bill murray 100 this is bill murray as like a postal worker just eating like rotten eggs for like 90 minutes they're inside he's like why am i sick it's like dude what are you talking about they're inside of bill murray the whole movie dude it's like the chris rock fever dream Dude, literally, <laughs> that's literally what it is. Just, I was a T cell inside Bill Murray. It's like why? This white blood cell. Back um, when we still had original ideas, dude. You want about original? Yeah, that was like that was a cool idea. It's like we're it's like it's like it's like we're gonna be inside someone's body. Who's body? Sure Bill Murray did it first in a way. Oh. Yeah, well, that, that was also the time period where I feel like every animator and, like, someone who's creating a children's show was definitely just on, like, hardcore drugs and hallucinogens. And just, like, everyone inside was cool with it. Like, like, the kids are going to love it. The kids are going to love it. Oh, no, that's Steve. He does a ton of smack before he hit the writing room. So, you <laughs> yeah. know, just let him do his thing. Oh, yeah. It's like a Tell school bus. SpongeBob was a sober endeavor. You know right. SpongeBob is animated ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that is. I, I think there was a correlation between the way that SpongeBob episodes came about and like we're done with the constant non sequiturs that they would like trigger ADHD like symptoms in kids. <laughs> you know, because their their brain would start to function on those non sequiturs. Instead, like no instead of like a seizure warning, it was like it's like warning, you will need extra time on your test of New York State Regents if you watch this. Please. <laughs> warning. You might need to keep the child gate up a little longer the than usual gate. by the staircase. <laughs> oh my god. Um Oh man. Like you know, the woman who fall, fell into like the I saw a video they have a woman just on her phone falling directly through a storm drain. It's <laughs> like, open, it's like an op- open, like, great, just... Well, it was the one we watched the other day. The kid falls and gets lucky because he hits the boxes on the underneath. Mm. 
Oh shit! I did see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. And he like kind of planted himself up or whatever. Like he, he he reached over to the other side and was holding himself up. Listen, man. People, people, yeah, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. You know, people are people are playing Wordle and just getting their ankles broken. You know what I mean? Like they're just they're just gonna break your tibias because you're trying to like get the word in two tries but instead this, of four. This is an unintended. This is what's called an unintended consequence. This is an unintended consequence of technologies. Of people, you know, look at their phones and it invades their daily life. Like uh, like in a great GTA, it's called, uh, Facebook is called Life Invader, which is is hilarious oh it's, my god i'm so glad i'm off facebook that's fucking toxicity that i avoid not being on there yeah but dude there's a statistic of people that fall into out of and onto shit because they're looking <laughs> on their phone <laughs> you know you there's a number every year how many people die because they're you know it's texting and driving but nonsense not anymore now it's scrolling and driving and what's Damn. and what's funny is that actually actually goes back to the kind of martial awareness thing of you know that's a very real real world issue where people are not aware of their surroundings and not aware of what's not aware of their own body their own surroundings and what's you know people around them so even like i remember um Seagong was talking one time about how you know if he's in the if he's in the city like oh and he'd have to go into the city and get directions or stuff he'd always have it on his watch so he's not sitting down looking at his phone because he just sees people walking around on his phone on their phones all the time and just no one has their head up. Yeah. No one has any idea. Like someone could easily just come up to you and like start mugging you or like attack you. Like you have no idea. You're 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 so you're walking with your head. You're walking confidently in direction with your head down. Yeah. Like that's. But that's the thing is people don't people don't always think about that. And again, that's one of the the um, kind of the side benefits of martial training is just. Being aware of being in that kind of like defensive mindset, and and again, not not in regards that you're like you know you're you're, your adrenal glands are sweating the whole day, but just <laughs> yeah. that you're just that okay. You walk into a room, you see where everyone is, you know what's going on, or like when you every, anytime I'm walking through a parking lot, I'm immediately always checking my surroundings. I'm getting my keys, I'm looking around, I'm seeing where everybody is, seeing where I am, um, where exits awareness. are. Yeah, and it's just, it's just something that comes with, and and that is and that situational awareness is built into part and parcel fighting as, as in general because even when you're fighting or you're sparring knowing where your body you know on a smaller scale knowing where your body is knowing where your opponent is how much space do you have to move back to or are you up against a wall how far can you move them forward do you have enough room to throw them like it's it's, it's all it's all related it's all the same thing and it's all there if you if you if you want to look at it and where's that's, the closest fire exit <laughs> right and and that's 100 do you really seriously our brains are connected today we must we we did some tai chi together before we started the podcast, so mm. maybe we're just like plugged in one hundred percent. Tethered. But we're the whole in. time you were going on, Ryan, I was thinking like it's just like when we were kids and they would make us do those fire safety drills and learn how to like feel for heat behind the door and is there light coming from the other side? Like you remember we used to go to the fire yeah, department. Yeah, yeah. Go to the fire yep. department. You learn how to get out of a house that was on fire. Damn yeah. that doorknob's hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, have I ever been in a house that's on fire? No. no, I have. Thank God. But oh. am, what? Okay. I never told you about that. No, dude. My first apartment went on fire after four weeks of living there. I oh never, my God. Yeah, I never told you about that. No, how did how did that happen? Yeah, dude. But um, I had some friends over. We were playing darts, and they were smoking cigarettes out front, and I was with them. And there was an ashtray, and and it was like full of cigarette butts. And um, I thought they flicked them into the ashtray. There's no way to tell now. But we go upstairs, and you know, we're throwing darts in my apartment, and. All of a sudden, I'm like, you know, I smell smoke. And so I open the door, freaking floor-to-ceiling flames. All, all fire. And I had to knock on, uh, there's another tenant that lived there and told him to wake up. We got to go. The house is on fire. 
you know, and he woke up his family. It was like one o'clock in the morning. You know, we were, we were just hanging out, drinking some beers, throwing darts. And, and all of a sudden we had to evacuate and we get out, out front and uh, it was, there was like three of us. And I'm like, oh, wait, my roommate, he's still upstairs sleeping. So there was the door that was separate from the fire, ran back in and the smoke had already like it was it was difficult to breathe. It was really weird up there, man. I'm not going to lie. And I, I slammed on John's door, woke him up. And, um, and we got him out and, uh, then the fire department showed up and yeah, it was just, it's a whole mess. I didn't even live there a month. <laughs> so that Jesus. was pretty, pretty crazy, man. Uh, and, uh, Look, yeah. Thank God everyone was okay. Yeah. You know, shout out to John, shout out to her, you know, hope you guys are doing all right. I haven't seen them since that happened, you know? So it's, uh, Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. That's insane. I mean, it goes to show you too, like situational awareness, you know, like, yeah. like I think about the consequences of a lot of like like down the chain you know what i mean it doesn't For mean sure. i don't do stupid things but it also means that like when i do do stupid things i really know i should know better <laughs> <laughs> you know but i mean like it doesn't matter who it was but somebody threw something it's not in your control and you needed to react and respond to the situation you know right so you want to and i think that's one of the things that the martial training teaches us is you don't want to be that guy you want to make sure you're not that guy, but you also want to make sure you're the guy that's going to be there to be able to help somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. definitely. You want to, because again, it, I think, like we talked about last time, having that understanding of violence and the realities of them and knowing how to defend yourself, it allows you to not be, not be the aggressor, of course, or try not to be the aggressor unless for some reason it calls for that to happen. But, and then also be able to see you know, be able to pick out, you know, aggressors or know, again, have a better handle on the situation and better handle on the situation in the sense of just being able to handle your emotions better and be in kind of that, again, literally not to get corny, but really that martial mindset of, of looking at, okay, this person's being aggressive and not just being, not just being scared. Like, oh my God, this person's yelling. What does this mean? Now I'm upset. Now I'm scared. It's like, no, no, no. This person's yelling. Who's in the room? Who are they talking to? Does this person look like they can defend themselves? Are they in a vulnerable position? Let me get in there and try to just de-escalate it. Let me de-escalate the situation. Because that's really, I think one, that really is one of the, I think, first keys in being able to de-escalate is knowing that, is having the ability to escalate it. If you want to. And, and it's not and, even all, you know, all about combat. It's not even all about combat or about de-escalating a, a, a fighting situation. It's also about controlling your fear and anxiety in any kind of high-pressure situation, you know? I Absolutely. Mean, like, Absolutely. Like, un- unfortunately, and I, I'll, I'll protect everybody's identities, and I won't say who, but a couple days ago, I was woken up in the night, and I ran outside to see somebody who's receiving CPR. And oh, wow. By the time I collected my bearings and was like talking to the person, like like the person who was doing compressions, I was like slide your hands down a little bit because I you know I knew that their hands were too high, wasn't compressing the chest cavity enough, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to interrupt the flow right to get to scooch out of the way and stop compressions at all. And then by the time I was like, what are we doing? Are we moving him to the car? Like how are we? How, what are we doing? The cop showed up. So once the cop showed up, I was like, all right, let the officer. Who, take over compressions and whatnot and then as soon as he showed up the ambulance showed up you know what i mean like so the 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 cop put the aed on him and i think he's stable right now which is great wow but thank god it was a terrifying situation and i have to say i did not react as fast as i wanted to for sure i 100 percent did not react as fast as i wanted to but i at least i didn't freak out and i think that hey you didn't freeze i think that um training is because of that yeah. I, I think that's because of training i think that's because of what 
that's given me as far as controlling that stress, fear, and anxiety. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and I think I think the I, I think also it's hard for us to even have um, perspective in the sense that you may want it to have acted quicker, but you also are in your own bubble of probably reacting quicker than most people would have who don't have any training at all. Well, you I know, mean, at, at, which at is that a good point, thing. Sometimes, you know, like I said, the choice that I made, which I think was the right one, was it was better to just let who was doing it continue to do it and then let the officer take over instead of interjecting myself in a situation where I didn't belong. You know what I mean? What difference would it have made had I shoved him out of the way to be the hero? You know? Right. I don't think that that made much sense. You right. know? But I also think that a lot of people might see a situation like that or like somebody gets hurt and they don't know what to do or somebody's freaking out and they don't know what to do. Somebody's having a panic attack and they don't know what to do. You can keep your bearings about you long enough to respond and react to those situations because you have a better understanding of how to combat your own stress, yeah. fear, and anxiety. And I got to say too, it's it's something like, again, even sometimes I'll be at, I'll be at work or I'll be in places and you know you have these you have certain people that I know that will be like oh my god what about this or what about that and and you know people in my life that will like don't get me wrong we all catastrophize to a certain degree but you know more existential stuff like for me as opposed to like in the moment like okay what's happening is everyone okay you know something bad happened I mean my dad is a perfect example of that I mean he's someone that is so calm so calm during anything that's happening I mean that's something that where he will I mean the amount of times that like we've we'll be at a restaurant or something and like a car accident happens and he's like running outside to like make sure that everyone's okay or like, you know, he's like that type of person where he will, right. he, he's always the, okay, like let's, you know, even with my, when, with my grandpa when he was, when he was having problems and he wasn't feeling good and then it ended up, you know, him having kind of the lung condition and then they were in the hospital and it was, um, you know, a bit of an emergency situation and he's just the calm, the calm within the storm, just being like, okay, let's figure it out. Everything's going to be fine. Like just that voice of reason to be able to kind of move everyone forward in the direction that they need to be, that the situation is calling for everyone to be moved forward. And I, I think there is, that is one of the benefits of, again, not that my dad has martial training, but he has what martial training can give people who don't have it at all is, is that, that ability to kind of take the reins if necessary and keep everyone calm and kind of be that voice. Cause it's very easy in those situations. And not that I've even been in a lot of them, but just knowing how crazy life can get in the moment and just knowing the possibilities of that anything can happen at any moment. Well, that's you a know? realm that you step into when you, uh, when you do martial training, like, like sparring and putting yourself under pressure is that you, you enter that realm of confusion and of fear and you learn how to operate under extreme levels of getting in, getting hit in the face levels of confusion and fear. So if you're able to dissect those instances and able to live in that moment thoughtfully, then I believe that can translate outside of that into into high pressure situations where you're not getting punched in the face. You can still have clarity of thought. You can still make decisions and 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 not crumble under fear, which that ability is not like you said exclusive to martial artists, but it is a skill worth worth practicing. And that's part of besides the whole you know, cardio and 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 element and fitness element of sparring is the mental element. And what's crazy too is is how many aspects of traditional martial arts and kung fu in particular that some people, you know, in in today's kind of martial and fighting space can discount as not as important. You know, like forms or more areas of traditional training. Where I mean, let's I mean, let's just go back to the test for example to kind of um, really concentrate what we're talking about. I mean, you know, the test. You know, I think my my last test was 
probably at least seven, you know seven seven and a half hours long at least um and same thing for you Ed. i mean you're Black Sash test was probably at least around there. It was seven, about nine. About nine. I think maybe just shy of nine. And and the thing is, and the thing is that happens is, I mean, you know, the first two to three hours is just them really kicking the shit out of you. I mean, you're re- you're basically doing calisthenics, plyometrics, at, at least in what normal people would think of them as, which is fighting combos, all these different things. So the first two to three hours, and then and then you break off into groups and you go over your testing material. And he, then for, he had us start running before the test bout in, I think. He was like, all right. Oh, for you? He's like, get started. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, that's the thing that's crazy too is with the test is is we have ge- – there's general things that are required, but also there's that element of things changing each test. So sometimes, you know, let's say for the – for your black sash and probably my black sash test as well, you know, we have requirements of, okay, you know, you got to do horse stance for, let's say five, you know, it says five, five it says five minutes, but it's prop, but it could be six to seven pushups are usually 200, 250. But also on top of that, a lot of the time they'll be like, you know what, go on a 5k before you do the, before you do the horse stance, then do the horse stance, you yeah, know, no problem. Or, or, or even stuff of like, oh, do, you know, doing buckets before pushups as opposed to after pushups. Those are things that you can't, those little things that you can, like, if you knew what order they went in, you could train for and prepare yourself. But even those little things changing, you have to be able to adapt in that moment. But to my larger point um, that I was that I was getting to, um, you know, you have to be – there's such a level of mental clarity that you need because, you know, the forms that we're doing, you know, some of them are, you know, any, you know 20, 30, 40, 50, 70 movements long um, that you have to remember – you know, five to six hours into a test with very limited water breaks that you just need to be like, okay, remember. And if you don't get it right, they're like, all right, do it again. We're not moving on until you are able to do it. And sometimes even if you remember all the movements, but you don't do it with enough intention, they're like, yeah, that looked like shit. Do it again. I'm not, we're not, we're not stopping until you, we're not moving on until you get it. It's about high pressure to prep for something too. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're hydrating for the week. You're yeah. making sure you're hydrated by the time you get there. You're sleeping right. You're eating right. You're 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 doing these things because otherwise you won't survive. It 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 really goes to show you like just what the human body is capable of if you fuel it correctly, and that's really where it starts. You know, it's really where that's really where it starts. It really teaches you how to like John and I were having a conversation before the podcast, right? Because like we had said, like we're all at different places right now in our training, and you're at the place where it's like. Uh, and it trust me, like you're. It's weird. How do I word this correctly? It never ends, right? But now you're realizing, like, oh, I got to make some changes to my physicality so I don't get hurt doing this stuff. You know, I need right. to be able to train myself so I'm ready to do those things. That is never gonna stop. You're never gonna get to the point where you're like, all right, I'm there, I'm done. But it, what it does is it gives you the tool set to every day take one step further and further and further and further and further and continually, continually, continually make yourself better. And because and, you want to crush the test. Yeah. You yeah. don't want to survive the no. test. You want to crush the test. And no matter how good you do, they're always going to give you more. They're going to yeah. take you just to the edge of what you're capable of. Because yeah. you saw me at the beginning of my test. We, <laughs> Everybody loves to talk about, oh, man, you held the six minute. I don't care because look at the end of my test. The end right. of my test, I could barely throw a punch. But that's that's what the test is, and that's that mental that's that mental preparation. There's a point in your training where you realize that like you need to to work on your physicality in order not even just to prevent injury, but to be able to even do the techniques. You know, yeah. Like I had mentioned briefly earlier about Tai Chi and Qigong giving you that intermuscular connection, that you know, interjoint 
uh, awareness, you know what I mean, of the finite movements of your body and where there might be hiccups, you know what I mean? I, I remember when I was in the beginner class, like when I first started, it was a, it was a different world. Not really, a di- I mean, like, it's not a different world, but like for me personally, like it was a totally different experience that I had ever experienced. Like I had no... Well, your understanding of con- of of your body, what it's capable of, and the system and kung fu in general is completely different. Yeah, oh yeah, completely different. I had no physical awareness whatsoever. Like I didn't know how to do anything. You know, I learned everything from our instructors. Like all the all the basic fundamental knowledge about working out and getting in shape and doing all that. Like my, my, my 250 to 185 journey, that all happened under the instruction of them. You know, that was all cap- because of what the school offered and just the mentality of the school, you know? I remember um, Monday nights were taught by Lausher Sarge. And he always had this attitude of, if you dream it, if you can see it, you can be it. You know what I mean? Like, he's right. got to put the work in, and here's all these basic exercises, basic fundamental exercises. We're doing buckets. We're breaking down our basics. We're holding our stances and strengthening our legs and our joints. I remember one class in particular, we just, like, spun a staff, and he talked about, like, how just, like, the, the muscular endurance you need just to spin the staff. You know what I mean? And... um then Wednesday nights was at the time he's a sea soup now, which is basically like uncle in the system, you know. Um, but at the time, C. Hanglio. So before he even tested for his black sash, mm-hmm. uh, he was our Wednesday night teacher, and he would run us into the ground, you know. I mean, like in the best way possible. But I mean, like he would run us into the ground. Like you knew, like Monday, you were getting like that awesome workout really great sweat inspiration and understanding of your fundamentals and you knew that wednesday was an event and you learned to survive you learned to make it through you you learned to push yourself and it was a, it they the, the two of them as a as a teaching team for the beginners class was an excellent duo because they really both brought their own individual way of explaining what you needed as a whole complete martial artist and the way that they tag teamed what they taught on Monday and what they taught on Wednesday was an awesome I'm very lucky I started when I started very very blessed I started when I started because it really it taught me everything and it was the first time I had ever been physically challenged to the point where like I didn't know if I was making it off the floor yeah you know yeah I've had plenty of classes like that where I mean you were who was teaching when you first started the beginners classes Mine, I had, I had, Mondays was either, it depends. I think it was, Mondays were a combination of either Sarge and Lausher Leo at the time. Because okay. I, I started, he just got his black, because I started probably a few months after he got his black sash. Okay. So he, it was between him, Lausher Sarge, and then sometimes Seagong would teach Mondays as well. I'm trying to convince him to come on, and he. Who? Cecil Leo. Oh, we'll get him on at some point. Yeah, I hope, I hope we'll, we do get him. We'll on. finagle him. I hope we we'll finagle him. We'll, we'll finagle him on. Um, um but yeah. he was, and then see, I'm confusing the beginners with the advanced with the intermediate classes, and then it went to um, Lausher Leo at the time teaching Monday intermediates, and then Sifu Lloyd teaching uh, Wednesday intermediates, mm-hmm. and then you know, and then Seagong was teaching Fridays pretty much, you know, Shaolin Tactical Combat pretty pretty consistently until I think. Um, Sisuk Nick at the time, who's now a Sifu, um, took over 
I don't know, maybe two to three years ago, probably something like that. Yeah. And um, speaking of interviews, guys, whatever platform you're listening to this on right now, just hit share for us. Because once we get to a certain number, we're going to have our teachers on. Yeah. And that's sure. going to be awesome. We just don't want it to like go into the ether. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 We're talking about people who, I mean, have 40 plus years of experience. I mean, Seagong's been. I think training since he was ten or eleven. He's a world class yeah, martial artist. Um, yeah, absolutely. Fought, fought you know, internationally. Yeah, fought internationally. You know, you know. Um, and our school has been recognized multiple times, and we want to thank them again for following us. Um, the Deadly Art of Survival magazine. Yeah, definitely check it yeah. out, guys. Number number one martial arts magazine on Amazon. Um, definitely check it out. Um, I think the is it the fourth edition is all East Coast the best kung fu stylist on the East Coast. And our teachers on the cover. Our teachers, our teachers on the cover. Yes, so and two of his teachers. Yeah. yeah. So it's like yeah. the whole family. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely Man. check it out. It, it is, and that's one of the things that's really interesting that you know our teachers can definitely you know when we have them on speak to a lot more is just you know how how kung fu it's so, so interesting how kung fu has come about everything from kung fu in general to our system specifically has come to where it is now you know and just the proliferation of it and just how it's you know how you know it was you know really big in the 90s you know when the monks were doing all their tours and international tours and then it kind of you know the recession hit then it went back down and the MMA came up and it's kind of just been in this this you know kind of under the surface space where well, people UFC you know UFC was starting and like yeah. there's always been something about combat and violence that we hold we we, we it's the ultimate f- test of humanity. It's the ultimate you know competition. I mean? It's the yeah. ultimate competition because you could die doing it, so you have to be tremendously brave, and it hurts. Yeah, the, whole, <laughs> yeah. the entire, all of it, 100% of it is pain. And we're such a gushy, soft people these days. Yeah, the consequences I mean? of losing a UFC match are enormous compared to, let's say, losing a baseball game or losing a hockey game or a football game or losing a dart match. <laughs> you know, because the way that you lose a UFC fight could be that you are rendered unconscious, and that is a significant amount of bodily harm. Yep. People break their arms, they break their legs, and some of them are just by, by decision, you know. But either way, uh, getting rattled in the head uh, causes some serious long-term injuries. It is extremely high risk high reward um as far as you know your your competition goes on tv so like look at look at any like look at muhammad ali one of the best boxers ever and he's just crippled by uh, well actually did he pass away i think he did right i think he's gone yeah Yeah, but but muhammad ali like later into his life was unable to move or talk and that's a consequence of what what combat sports does to the human body over a long period of time which is also why it's so important that you train smart you know yeah i mean like sure we we were very we were disappointed because like after a test like that you obviously take quite a beating so we'll dial back the sparring after a while after a heavy test like that to kind of let everybody's brains recover like everybody who tested you know yeah because anything can happen when you spar sometimes it gets turned up you know like sometimes people like to go heavy and it, it, it is what it is i mean i'm definitely one of those people um, and people have gotten, and especially, you know, people have, you know, the test can bring out stuff where, I mean, you are getting tested. So injuries, you know, injuries can happen. There is the chance of, you know, it's, it's not, and I, and I do think I wouldn't want to test any other way, but you know, you know, at certain schools, it's like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll make you sweat, you know, and things like that. And, you know, and where like at our school, it's like, yeah, during sparring on your test, especially if it's a higher rank test or a black test test, there is the chance that you will get knocked out. Like there is the chance that that will happen or, or you will get injured. You know, yeah. they're not trying to hurt you, but I mean, you, you, it's just, it's just the, 
the requirement, the, the intensity required for that level of testing. Well, yeah, and it's not important. to say that it's not to say that we train at the level that UFC fighters fight during a pay per view because mm-hmm. that's not the case at all. Sure. We're not trying to hurry. And each they other. don't either. Yeah, they they don't train like that. They'd be dead. I mean, right. some people some people spar hard and they get blasted all the time, but then again, they end up with with that brain damage. Right, yeah. and, and training smart is is extremely important like nobody is swinging for the fences when they're sparring nobody's practicing techniques like to the point of breaking someone's arm and also no one's going to want to spar with you right because you, you hit hard as you want to get hit right yeah. right so if you're out there swinging at people trying to take them out there's a good chance nobody's going to want to spar with you and if someone does they're going to do it just to yeah, hurt you yeah and that's and a good me chance and ryan go after each other occasionally but it's because we yeah. both we both like to and we trust each other that we can kind of turn it up a little bit and God forbid anything starts to go off, like we're not going to start swinging at each other out of anger. Like we're just having yeah. a good time. You know, yeah. tap I mean? gloves and move on, right? And that's yeah, the thing. And we, we've gotten frustrated sparring each other before too on on both ends. Of course, on both. I frustrated the shit out of you, and you frustrated the shit out of, of course. me. Yeah, it, emotion it, it, comes up, but that's all part of sparring. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, we all, you know, in, in the moment, you know, you know, they'll be, they, they, you know, they can, there can be frustration, but it's again keeping that control and knowing the, knowing the circumstances. Of afterwards, like, hey, we tap gloves, it's all good. Like, nothing, you know, nothing, it, there's never, it stays on the floor. You know, all of that intensity. Same thing with the test, sparring, anything. It's all, it's this, it's that beautiful, like, emotional release that kind of that physical stimulus gives you. Where And that's also one of the reasons why I think I find, my, I find myself, I kind of trip over the idea of me, or I, I trip over, like, finding out that I'm clear-headed after class. Which mm-hmm. makes it feel so much more genuine where I'm not like, ooh, I, like, I'll just be doing stuff after class or hanging out with you guys. I'm like, ooh, I feel so much less clogged up. Like, yeah. before class, there's just so much gunk. Like mental gunk, emotional gunk. Afterwards, I'm just... Getting that blood flowing. Yeah, bro. I just, I feel so much clearer, you know? And, and again, I think you, it's the same thing with Tai Chi and meditation. And this is why the physicality and the physical aspects of it are kind of the easier form of the meditation that we talked about last time where it just requires so much, you know, your mind has to be focused on so many mental things that like it just, it doesn't have time. It doesn't have the bandwidth to think about, you know, what this person said to you on the train or what, you know, you just, you, you can't, you just can't, it'll, it'll, it'll just take you out of the moment and ruin the class for you right? and make it harder too. That's the thing too, is it'll make the suffering you're already feeling more difficult. So it's teaching yourself to, compartmentalize stuff and focus on the task at hand which is uh which is really important like it's like what Seagong said to me uh last class there's one technique I was having trouble with and he said that when um when there's frustration there's no room for growth or you can't learn if you're frustrated essentially yeah. like if you're hung up emotionally and uh, and keeping yourself in a bad spot which is essentially what that is like if you if you're harping on a negative emotion and you're the one doing that <laughs> you know so if you're if you're boxing yourself up in this negative emotional place and being frustrated you you don't you're not able to learn you're not able to progress or move on or, or really test your own limits or really understand what you're doing so i once he said that and i mean yeah it took a second for me to to snap out of it you know because but that's that's part of stress management that's part of the skill that we're learning and not even like you know those moments where you're trying to work on a project, but you give up because it's too frustrating? Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. How much push-through have you learned from getting frustrated in class and being forced to push through it? Yeah. How many times have you tried to learn a technique that you just couldn't get or form it? I've been doing Leopard for, f- like, four years. And they, s- I, I, it's still, like, a work in progress. Like, it's still, like, eh, you'll get it eventually kind of thing, you know? 
Yeah. Can I perform it? Can I perform it? Can I perform it? No, it's not ready. Like flat out, like it's not ready, you know? Yeah. And just because of the concepts of that form, and it's a short set too, it's not long, but there's just something about it that like I'm just not It's not grasping. clicking yet. No matter how much I do it, like I'm still like, I know I'll get it eventually and I feel like I've made some progress with it recently. But it's also one of those things where it's like you pick it up and you put it down. You pick it up and you put it yeah. down. You pick it. Have I been training it as much as I should have? No. But like, it's okay to admit that to yourself. You can't go back and be like, the past two years, yeah, it's not, I should have been training my leopard. It's not you. It's not <laughs> you, you know, know. It's not useful. It, but it's it, not like you it don't do train it you. either. It's not like you don't train it, and you've been working on it for four years. Well, you know? it's not like I don't train. Right. But there's always there's always things to go back to, which is also the cycle of the traditional martial artist that I feel like a lot of people get frustrated with, that they don't maybe appreciate. But there's always something else to practice. Right. Like I had a conversation with the beginners, more of a, more of a speech at the beginners. But, yeah. <laughs> um, at them. I, I gave the beginners a speech last night or two nights ago. Where I had said to them, like, listen, it's your responsibility to remember your stuff. And it's not coming from a place of, I remember everything. It's coming from a place of, dude, because once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. Once it's gone, it's gone. There's so many sets and so many things that I've seen over time that I should have practiced that I should have remembered that I don't. And what we mean by that, that some people might not be understanding, is, like, there's forms and there's sets, right? That form is that like literal, like expresses an idea, a bunch of different self-defense techniques all strung together, ways to teach your body how to move, ways to do that. Karate, it's called kata, kata right? <laughs> but but just that, that understanding of like this is a set of movements that is going to teach me um, how to control my body, how to move, and how to execute these techniques in a certain ways, or at least the fighting concepts of these techniques, right? And whereas a set will be a little bit shorter of a um, idea, right? It's a little bit, it's like, if, if it forms a paragraph, a set is a couple of sentences, if that makes sense. Yeah. Right. All expressing the same kind of, this, the same idea. So while this is just, a, like, there's many, many sets, and some of them are old school traditional sets that were taught to our teachers, and others are creations by our teachers. Um, and those are important things to remember, but sometimes it's so above your pay grade, it's difficult to even remember it after you've trained it the entire night, you know, it, and I feel like, I feel like that's a concept that's difficult to understand unless you've experienced it firsthand. Would you guys agree? Yeah. I mean, there's multiple times where I kick myself in the butt about like, I was training that uh, water form that we did um, from the mm. retreat. Oh, the Tai Chi form. Yeah, yeah. Dude, like, it's no, it doesn't live in my brain yeah, anymore I gotta, because I, gotta go I didn't over that practice too. it. I got to go over that, too, and I got to go over the other one that we learned. Yeah, And that's yeah. and that's a constant conversation that we have all the time. It's like, oh, we got to go over Someone's that. like, oh, we got to go over that. I'm like, oh, I got to go over that, too. Damn it, we should all meet up and go over <laughs> but that But that's together. why it's a lifetime journey. Yeah. You know, there's always something to learn. It's just like you just keep putting drops in the bucket until all of a sudden it's there, you know? And sometimes there's stuff where it's like, like the broadsword form, the first broadsword form that you learn. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. Where oh, no. It, I can't do it in my head. And then I go over it and I go over a few times like, okay, it's in there. The muscle memory is there. Now I got to bring it from my subconscious to my conscious. I got to bring it to the surface level. And that's what's cool, too, is, again, that mind-body connection. Sometimes it's not in your brain, but it's in your body. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. where it's like you, you're like, I can't think it, but then you start doing it. Your brain's like, oh, okay. Now the feeling, the feeling is here. Yeah, you know, that's we're back. C- that's what Seagong says. He says, stop thinking about what you're doing and just do it. 
Like, stop overanalyzing and let your body take over and do the motion. But I tell you what, there is no better feeling than when it clicks. Oh, like, as for soon sure. as, like, um, uh, 18 Lohan, the second part, like, uh, I, I had trouble remembering it one time. And I was, like, just going through the motions, like, what I remembered barely. And, like, the more I grasped onto it, the more I reached for it, the less I got. Like, the less I, I was getting. So I just kind of went into a like i don't know just moving through the motions generally without thinking too much about it and it clicked and i was able to finish the form yeah and that's just uh, you know getting your mind out of the way to let your body do its thing for people listening the 18 lohan is a qigong form that we practice yeah, yeah. And, and i think i think too this kind of goes back to what we were saying i think it was maybe the first podcast where you know talking about how like Kung Fu is for everybody, but sometimes Kung Fu, um, but pe- everyone may not be as palatable for, or they may not find it as palatable for themselves is, is because Kung Fu and anything really, but again, Kung Fu and martial arts in general is this more distilled version of this principle is sometimes you, you need to dig deep within yourself and find the faculties to kind of continue where again, like you with like Leopard, you know, it's like, this is true. Even like Sigong will be, you know, with his son sometimes, you know, his, his, you know, his, his little guy where, you know, they'll be like, he'll, he'll do a form and he's like, that looks like shit. He's like, we're not doing that. Like, we're, we're not, we're not, we're, we're, you want to perform that? That looks like garbage. Like we need to we're, like make this look better. And, you know, and no. Yeah. But, but, and again, that comes with support in and of itself. That comes with other supporting things, but being able to not take that and be like, oh my God, well, what does that mean? And what does this mean about me? And I'm gaining weight. And I bet he thinks I'm ugly too. And I have halitosis. And, you know, and it's just this whole oh, thing. Oh, dude, that is me. That is, that is my internal dialogue. But that's the thing. Is it all, is it all, is that, that's in all of us. And that's part of the mental part of Kung Fu. Is it, is that gets drawn out. Is, and that's what they say during fighting and everything. Kung Fu in and of itself shows you all aspects of yourself that you're not, that, that regular life doesn't stimulate. Regular oh, yeah. life, regular life only stimulates that kind of baseline parts of you where you're in those situations where you're getting punched, you're getting hit. People are yelling at you. People are, you're practicing something and someone goes, that looks like shit. We got to keep doing it. We got, we're working on that. That's where that's not being performed because that doesn't look good. And it's like, you're not meeting the standard and you're like, okay, what are you going to do with that information? And, and listen, it's understandable. We've all, we've all had stuff. Where we've gotten upset on the floor. We've all, we've, we've all freaked out. We've all, we've all wanted to, you know, give up. We've all, we've ha- all had that, but it's moving past that. Then, then the system and your teachers and everyone rewards you by putting in that dedication, not only to the system, but to yourself to not give up on yourself. Because like, as you said, Ed, last time, people will walk away and then never come back. Yeah. They never come back. And in a sense, that's giving up on yourself. And again, it may not be right for everybody to do it, you know, but, uh, you know, we're, we are, and, and even more so, Sigong and Sifu and all the higher-ups are testaments to that idea of what the system can do for you, both martially, physically, mentally, and emotionally, if you don't... Be like, I, I didn't get it. That hurt my feelings. I'm going to go not do this and do something else. And Which is know? a good reiteration of the point of the well, last episode, which is just doing the thing and like not stopping doing the thing and continually doing the thing. Just don't give up. Don't stop. Yeah. You know, don't stop. Little and, progress is better than no progress. Right. Absolutely. And like two, two points to make. One, uh, a story. I'll tell I'll Tarantino you. I'll tell you the ending first. I'll tell you a story about. Does it involve the, feet? <laughs> a, a little bit it involves, it involves kung fu and souls wiggle your big toe <laughs> um but to make the, the 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 first point john um what we were talking about earlier in the day is like i was like okay because you're john's in the beginner class everybody so just to, to differentiate like where we're at as i know in episode one i had called you our big little brother but it's really cool to see the differences you know where we're at in the journey you know because now you're at this point where you can say firsthand 
in the moment what it's like to be preparing yourself to make the jump from the beginner class to the intermediate mm, yep. class. Yeah, Sisuk Leo has said, like, oh, I can't wait for you to get to intermediate. And I'm like, he's going to beat me up. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to hurt my body. That's what I'm saying. you got to work on them ankles and knees now, son. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, tendons and ligaments. they got to get knees worked. And, ankles, knees, and low back. And that's really, like, all Qigong. All, dude, I would have never been able to do horse dance the way that I did horse dance and, uh, and if it wasn't for the Qigong. That was really what... Like, all the holding the horse stance in the world, but, like, practicing that form over mm. and over again and pushing it into the stances and breathing and having that, that connection and learning how to move that essence through your body. You know what I mean? It's and a really great focus form. Focus on those areas. It re- it's it's crazy just as a side thing. Because I'm much more limited in Tai Chi than um, than definitely you than you, you are, Ed. Because I, you know, I'm moving into Tai Chi later in my integrating it later into my training well it took me years to understand oh for sure and, and I, just, I, just I still don't practice. really i'm not i don't mean that like i'm an expert and i really no, no, understand it i just i just mean that like it took me a long long time to make any kind of headway yeah. in tai chi um but i just meant even like it's so cool again not to get not to get woo woo because i'm sure there's there are physical physical reasons for this just through increasing mm-hmm. circulation and things like that but Man, again, when we were at the seminar, and of course it was hot outside, and we were like in a non-air conditioned space, you know, but whatever. But like, seeing your body temperature change and just practicing the eighteen lohan. I mean, I mean, we weren't even my group wasn't even doing. I think you were in my group. I think we weren't. Uh, yeah. We weren't even doing the full thing. We we got to the there's four. Well, it's one form, but there's technically four parts. And when it's broken up, yeah, we did one and two. We did one and two, and then we started getting three. And I mean, I mean, you are sweating by the end of it, and you're not. I mean, you're not doing anything. Anyone who's who's physically capable, you're really not doing anything that's physically extreme, but just it's it's some weird connection of this intention and breath work and like mindfulness of your body. I mean, you're just you're dripping sweat, like staying in place. Basically, it's it's mm-hmm. really it looks boring great. but feels intense. It's quite a form. Yeah, and that's what they say too. And I'm definitely I'm sure Ed, you've realized this, especially like you were alluding to moving into your black chest test. That and not being able to do it without the 18 Lohan. I'm, I think C, definitely Seagong, but I'm, I think Sifu was the main one that was talking about this, where, you know, that once you get to a certain level in regards to physical capability and what you need, let's say, for the Black Sash test, like, Tai Chi and Qigong and the internals are, like, almost required. Like, you need them to be able to really, like, you can't, you can't get through with just an external understanding. Like, you need an intern, you need an inter, at least even a basic internal external understanding and integration to be able to really get that extra 10 percent out of your body you know yeah i've never seen anybody just walk onto the floor like regardless of how in shape they were and just make it through a class like oh that was that was a breeze you know yeah because like we'll always find people's breaking points and push push them past it you know what i mean i've never seen anybody get tested and walk out of the test like, man, that was a breeze. Yeah, you know absolutely I mean? not. Absolutely not. <laughs> like, like white sash to black sash, no one ever makes it out without having a, an experience they'll remember. Let's put it that way. And what's yeah. and what's funny too is, and we've experienced this, and this this goes back this goes back to the idea of you know, like what we were talking about of knowing how to you know getting a better idea of how to train and knowing how to push yourself, but also it leads to the idea that Seagong and Sifu talk about all the time, which is you know, getting out what you put in, you yep. know, sometimes, I mean, we've also, um, we've had, pl- I've had, and I've had plenty of classes where, you know, I'm breaking more of a sweat than let's say someone who just started is because I have a better understanding of what my limits are and how to push myself 
to do it, you know? So, so, so that's sometimes you'll see that where, you know, you know, then that's why they always say, Hey, look to the, you know, not even just if I'm there, but if, or, you know, if any of us are there or any black sasses or anyone is there, look to, look to the people ahead of you because they, they have a better idea of what they're doing in regards to not just technique, but also how to push themselves. Are they sweating? You got to be sweating. Like they, they know what this class is supposed to be and they know what the class is requiring of them. So being able to give that to the class and give that to, and give that energy back to everybody and be able to not just walk through, because also some of it is like, you know, what we do is incredibly difficult, but it's also, you know, you can walk through it if you want to. Like if you want, if you want to get in class and not not sit in your stances, you'll get yelled at for an hour and a half, but you're not gonna be you're not gonna be sweating that much. Yeah. So it it is it is that it is that idea of same thing with form, same thing with you learning leopard or me learning anything else or John learning something. They can show you the door, but you have to walk through it. They're not gonna do the work for you. Right. You know what I mean? And that's that requirement of maybe you know not everyone. Not everyone drives with what we do as much. Same thing with anything else. It just requires discipline, time, and focus to be able to, to be able to get it done. Yeah, and even looking through like Sifu or Sigong's perspective, why are they going to waste their time on someone who isn't dedicating themselves? Why are they going to bother, like you know, really, um, you know, grinding the technique into you or really teaching you if you're not putting forth the same effort? That's Sigong has said many times. His time, his time is valuable. So if if you're gonna show up, show up. So if you're gonna be on the mat, be on the mat. Like you don't want to half-ass this stuff. I mean, sure, it's within the physical realm of possibility that one might be able to, but you're gonna get yelled at, like you said. Yeah, I'll, it's, I'll, I, I've been guilty of it because some days you're like, some days it's it's a grind, you know. For some sure, days, some days you just show up. Everything is a grind. Some days you just show up and you do the best that you can, but yep. like you always want to remind yourself. To, to push and sometimes that inspiration can be hard to find especially when it's when it's for you you know and I think that the three of us are definitely some of those people where like when it's just for us it may be a little bit difficult to do which is why we've kind of like started this show made this commitment to each other to push each other to be like the monsters that we really want to be yeah you know and John you and I we're in our 30s man so yeah. it's like it's now or it's never yeah we gotta, we gotta get it now so we can maintain it through our 40s and 50s absolutely and still be badasses in our 60s you know what I mean hell yeah but like but at the same time I, I truly believe that anything is possible as long as we just keep pushing and like every year I find that like I gotta find a new level to push it to a new level to push it to a new level to push it to and some training weeks are better than others some weeks I get into class more than others some weeks I do more training outside the school than I, I do uh, you know, like, like some weeks I'll do more of that than other weeks. I mean, and obviously you feel better when you're doing more. You got to learn when to rest. You got to learn how to fuel yourself. You got to learn how to make it through your day, how to travel for work, how to see your clients, how to book the weddings that you film and maintain your day job at uh, XYZ Major Coffee Company 123. Um, <laughs> it rolls right off the tongue. Yeah, exactly. Um, How do they fit that all in one sign, I wonder? You know? <laughs> it goes right on the apron. Um, <laughs> just wearing two aprons. <laughs> just, like two just double just double breasted apron with one logo sewed across all of it or like one's on like backwards like a cape and one's on forwards and you're oh just kind of like look, you look like a human easel just made of aprons uh, <laughs> like, like a chalkboard that's like outside of bars like advertising specials like yeah, just, exactly, just, exactly. <laughs> we have cheese curds and we have our in-house pilsner as well <laughs> please but, calm down but dude I Ed, you mentioned the, um, you know, difficult training days and balancing, you know, how that interacts with work and life. And man, that well, one Friday that passed, I had to get the booster recently 
for uh for, for oh the yeah i remember you i remember you saying yeah dude and i show up to class and like i had the i got the booster like the day before or something like that and i felt i felt fine i felt fine throughout the whole day and i show up to class and i'm ready to train and all of a sudden it's just like like i got hit by a bus like uh in the middle of warming up and stuff that would normally be a certain level of difficulty like i would call it a manageable level of difficulty were just overwhelming and I was really, really dragging ass by the end of the class to the point where Seagong was like, are you going to make it? Like, <laughs> he said that yeah. to me. And I'm like, yeah, I'll be all right. He's like, are you hurt? I'm like, no, like I've, I've, I had a back injury last year and that was not the case. So I told him not injured, just, just, you know, just sore, just tired. And for you, what was, what would you say again? I know it was kind of just an hour, but I mean, what was your, what do you think your, like your thought process was now getting through class as opposed to like what you think it would, you know, you knowing yourself, what you think it would have been maybe two years ago like was there a big difference in oh yeah I, I mean I I couldn't get through basics without needing a rest when I first started I couldn't get through middle box and fan box without being like bro my legs and now yeah, you'd be 10 minutes and you'd take a knee I remember you used to take a knee yeah I, w- I would literally take a knee because being in 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 the in those stances was not what my body was used to and I, w- I didn't have any level of fitness at that point I was very overweight and and, and with no level of flexibility or anything and now you know it's there's a level of difficulty that's there i do push myself in my horse stance which is like the deepest it's ever been and yeah i mean of course there's it's hard but that's the point right but it's not as hard as like i can get through a class i can get straight through a class and and i'll be tired but i won't need a break and i won't need to like you know take five like i won't need to take a knee i won't feel hurt and for the most part i won't i won't be hurt the next day unless we do like a two a day or unless like yeah. you know maybe I, I i get rattled or something but but yeah no the the, the level in, in two years my my level of, of ability in terms of handling the each class has has tremendously improved and and i think too this goes back to kind of that discipline perspective thing we were talking about i think it was last last episode where it's a, again part of the training there's so many like parts of like the like training meta almost where part of the training too is being able to give yourself that you know also positive perspective not just to be critical of yourself in a way that's constructive but also to be able to be like hey i couldn't do this a year ago so here's i want to give myself a little fucking credit for a second and allow myself to again there's no reason why you can't enjoy the ride the difficult ride moving upwards like for me too even like you know i had i i unfortunately contracted covid i mean i don't know maybe a month and a half ago you signed a contract with COVID, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I entered a contractual agreement with COVID. Yeah, I got yeah, a three-year deal. Yeah, <laughs> I will not admit the last. Yeah, I am. I am. Uh, I am breaking my. Uh, I am breaching my disclosure agreement right now. But um, <laughs> fuck the NDA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fuck the NDA. Um, but uh, but you know, and I'm sure this is a. I'm sure this is a an, a piece of it. But this has been something that I've been dealing with for a while. Actually, I remember talking to you about this when I was having. One of those rough nights, and we, we were kind of, we were, you know, after class, we were talking. Where, and I'm sure this is COVID related, but I mean, getting to class, I mean, I haven't had a class where I felt like good and refreshed going into class in probably like months. But especially the last like post COVID, I mean, just I'm sure it's related. Where I'm just the fatigue, the muscle cramps, the like low energy. Like I don't feel good when I go into class. I don't feel, but I know for me, like there was, you know, a you know a year or two where there was you know many weeks where. You know, even basics making it to Thursday, which is like our class, you know, advanced class. 
I wasn't there, you know, where with me, that's more of a non-negotiable now. We're like, I, at a minimum, I need to be there, you know? Yeah. So even if I feel like dog shit, which I do a lot of the time, I'm there anyway. In some classes, it's just getting through them. I, I'll get on the floor and I'll start moving around the world sitting in horse dance and I'm like, fuck. All right. I mean, I'm here, I'm, I, but I showed up and that's better than me not showing up at all. So right. let's, let's, get the, let's get the work in, let's get through it and I'll feel better afterwards anyway. Well, if we can go back to kind of the point we were making earlier um, where, you know, you show up to class to do the work, but you may not even realize that you're kind of walking through something because you're feeling pain and you're feeling tired. Remember the conversation we had maybe like six months ago about horse stance? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so just so everybody knows, I don't know if, I think it's the same in every system, Mabu, horse stance, whatever you want to call it. I'm not sure if there's. Probably different, a different a different word for different. Japanese, I would imagine. I, yeah, I'm I, I'm not I don't I don't know them. Mabu's um, at work right now. I love you, Carrie. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what was the point I was trying to make? I'm so sorry, guys. Oh, right, right, right. So you want to sit with your thighs parallel to the floor, with right. your feet pointed straight, which is this thing that like we had talked about. You know, the tendon changing classic and how there's these exercises in this ancient book from Shaolin that teaches you how to, you know, change the, the fundamental um, flexibility and strength of your tendons and ligaments to uh, adapt to the techniques that you want to do and the strengths that you want to have. And horse dance is like one of those fundamental exercises that like if you got knee or ankle problems, it's going to highlight them and point out to you what you need to work on outside of class to fix so that when you're in class you can push your horse stance lower and lower until you can hold it for minutes at a time with your thighs parallel to the floor right and so sometimes what people will do because it feels like work and it is don't get me wrong but they get you'll, up out of it. you'll sit we'll have a timer on and it'll give you that 30 second warning you know what i mean and we're always like that 30 seconds is go time right so it's really easy to convince yourself that you're sitting in a horse stance that's like halfway there because you feel it, you feel it, you feel it. You don't know how long you're going to be able to hold it totally flat. And that last 30 seconds, you just push it and you push it. And, uh, but then you're really only getting 30 seconds in a position that you want to be in. So would it not be better to then, as soon as the timer starts, to push yourself down into the deepest position you could possibly go and then just – you're warmed up already. It's not like you're not warmed up. You're stressed yeah, out. But You're that's ready to go hard. It's so hard. And now, that's, that's a really good point. point. It is hard. We shouldn't do it. It's so I think hard. actually, you didn't think about that. We should only do easy things. <laughs> you know what? Let's revamp it. Uh, right. Hit the this start button. Now, <laughs> this is now. This is the Marshall Ice Cream Podcast. <laughs> it's going to be a fucking ice cream social every time. <laughs> every time we do an episode, we're just going to eat Ben and Jerry's and describe the flavors to our listeners. <laughs> describe and, them. and just mm. complain. But what's the, what's the mouthfeel across the tongue on this one? We're thinking. I'm, is I'm liking the chubby hubby. Chubby hubby. hubby. Um, you know what this flavor ice cream needs? Potato chips. <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy Fallon. Well, for, instead of watching us become absolute monsters and joining us on the journey, watch us become 500 pounds. The opposite <laughs> of good. <laughs> the 300 pound. What is it like the like thousand pound Kung Fu Brothers? Like we're all just like. Um, we'll just count my back pimples and like make reaction videos to shitty Kung Fu videos online. You know what I mean? <laughs> we'll become the keyboard warriors we talk about. Oh my god! Or, or we could do the opposite and do the hard shit and talk to you about it, and we can. John, that's you know a what? horrible idea. <laughs> That sounds so much like work. Yeah, John, please. Okay, I don't want to do any of that. All right, we're going to hit the start button, go to options, uh, select <laughs> difficulty, uh, easy. And then just turn the Xbox off. And restart level. And yeah. turn Xbox off. 
It's um. You're the kind of person that like if you don't do a mission the way that you want to, you restart the mission. Fuck yeah! I was just playing Horizon Zero Dawn, which by the way, awesome game. And there's some points where you got to like infiltrate these camps. And I'm like, we need no witnesses. Like, we got to go. We're going dark. That's like, why I never beat, like, any Splinter Cell game. Because I would play oh, it. I until, love Splinter Cell. Oh, my God. Like, it took me forever to be. I remember, you know when, like, you don't own a game, but you, like, are hanging out at your friend's house when you're a kid? Yeah. You know what I mean? You're watching them play. And you're just, like, you have a file. Like, the friend where you have a file on their machine. You're yeah. such good friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used to go to my buddy Aaron's house. Shout out to Aaron DeFord. I used Ooh. to go to my buddy's house and just play Splinter Cell on his Wii. <laughs> and Splinter Cell Wii there. sounds like such a weird combination. <laughs> Listen, it was 2007, okay? <laughs> That's Dude, Resident Evil 4 on the Wii was a lot of fun. Because you got to actually, like, it was like a time crisis where you point the remote at the screen, mm. and uh, that's how you aimed. So that was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I like wish, see, they, they should have went full, like, Wii Sports Resort with everything and just made every single fire action you was you throwing a bowling ball. <laughs> like, just everything was, ah, you gotta get the right spin on it, you know? That's, think about, dude. Well, but at the same time, like, playing video games and stuff like that is downtime, and it is important to have that downtime. You need to find the downtime. So I think this is the difficulty that we have in the modern day because we always want, like, instant, 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 instant 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 you know what i mean we're scrolling right. and we think that our lives should be like the instagram people and that or or it's like you know like that that just grind grind set grind set 100 percent of the time four hours of sleep a night sleep you're dead. Dead. yeah if you sleep you're already dead it's like, <laughs> dude relax yeah, if you're chill, sleeping man. you ain't hustling yeah dude you, know you haven't I mean? dude that guy hasn't spoken to his family or anybody in seven to nine months I just top need 10 side hustles to make you an extra two thousand dollars a month wait a minute you're only wait you don't wait you're not side hustling while you're side hustling you don't have a side hustle hot side hustle side, hustle? side side hustle dude you don't have a side side hustle <laughs> just a, you just hustle a, your side you, don't, hustle. you don't have a quadruple removed side hustle it's like dude relax you, you don't, don't have, have a hexagonal mother? hustle <laughs> you have a hexagonal <laughs> hustle okay. you're not quintuple hustling you have an alien half your family yet? <laughs> <laughs> dude, you, dude, you gotta be, you, you gotta be like, you gotta be like flipping houses, swapping at garage sales, and also alienating members of your family by trying to sell them Tupperware. If you're not doing all three of those, bro, what's going on? <laughs> Just absolutely neglect your estranged relationship with your family and enter $10,000 of debt because you just tried a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. Just enter oh level one. God. Dude, you see that Mustang outside? You've got to get to level five before you... But so, just give me 10 grand see that Mustang? and we'll get you to level two. That's my dad's. He doesn't know I have it. I need to park it here for a week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it's so easy to get into those things and to shove them down your friend's throat because you feel like this is going to be like, you know, this is what's going to make me... I'm finally going to be rich and I'm going to have the things I want. And it's like, it's really just about the journey. It's not about being rich and having all the things you want. And like everything's going to be fucking peaches and roses by the time you get there. You know what I mean? It's like you had said the last episode, you know, like take the time to smell your roses. And like, we're kind of more focusing on this more. It's like overcoming your anxieties and your fears and just putting the work in. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like, the, we, I never got to the story that I was going to tell where there, there was an exercise we were doing in class at one point in time, I think I was maybe like in uh, just in the intermediate class. I think it was like a Monday night intermediate class where we have. Um, if you've ever seen any of those old Shaolin movies, you'll see them carry buckets with water, right? So Sigong made a, a, all these wooden buckets. We could do our bucket training, you know? We don't fill them with water. Sometimes we'll put extra weight in them, usually when we're trying to torture somebody. But, that happened to me. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um, but, like, We'll also use them – they're very versatile if you're creative enough. So sometimes we'll use them as obstacles to jump or kick over. And we had them stacked three high, 
and you had to throw an eagle kick, which is a jumping, spinning crescent kick, a jumping, spinning inside crescent kick. If you don't know what that is, it should be enough for you to Google it because eagle, eagle kick might be different things in different styles. So I don't think they'll Google eagle kick and get all the correct information. Mm-hmm. Um, you could also compare it to a tornado kick. I think that's a pretty general term. Like spinning jumping, ra- jumping yeah. spinning roundhouse kick. Yeah. But instead of using the laces or the shin to hit, you use the side of your foot. Right. So it's a little bit more of a different, different angle of force, different uh, application, right? Mm-hmm. Though it may be an eagle kick, it is not related to a falcon punch. So do not Google Slightly that. different. <laughs> Much different. <laughs> or the albatross elbow, if you will. We're on albatross. Oh, Drop we're a like that. if when he said, show me your moves, you heard, show me your boobs. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what that sounded like. I think, I think, any, I think, yeah, I was going to say, I think, I think anyone who's listening who, was, who is a boy and was 13 at one point. Like, it, it, it just like, turned every kid into Peavis and Butthead like, <laughs> he said boobs. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we're getting sued now. It's too accurate. Yeah, copyright. Um, <laughs> copyright. But uh, <laughs> so we've got these buckets oh, stacked like two and a half or three high or something like that. And we had to throw the kick over the bucket and like go down and throw over, throw over. You've seen, you've done these exercises before. You know what I mean? Where yep. it's just about making sure, not even that like you're doing anything crazy, but just making sure that your placement is correct when you throw the kick and that you're at the appropriate height. And it's one of those things where it's like do it or die, because if you knock over the bucket, you're doing push-ups. But I remember I just did some kind of weird maneuver. Oh, no, it wasn't even... Some weird shit. No, it was eagle kicks. But I did some kind of weird maneuver where I screwed it up because I was scared and because I hesitated... And I ended up like landing on the buckets and like falling on the oh, floor. Oh yeah, I remember that. And yeah, I, cr- I remember I, cr- I cracked a rib. Oh, I punched shit. myself in the rib. We we still had um commercial carpet over cement. We didn't have mats yet, so we were just training on this cement floor. And I just absolutely ate shit on the cement floor and like bruised my intercostals. I don't think I cracked a rib. I think I just bruised the the mm-hmm. intercostal muscles. Oof. Um, big oof. Oh, but it hurt, it hurt to breathe for a long time. So then, of course, the next time you do an exercise, you're scared the first time, and then you hurt yourself. So the next time you do it, your, your, your brain either figures out the just do it, and and you'll make it, or yeah. you hesitate yourself into a hole. Yeah, and you, know you, and you realize sometimes the, the hesitation itself can hurt you more than actually just doing it. But that hesitation, it leads me back to an idea in the conversation that John and I were having prior to recording where it's like, you know, sometimes it's really difficult. Like, you see your schedule, you know what I mean? And you're like, oh, well, if I show up to work at this time and I got to leave at this time, I know I'm not going to get any training in that day. And you're not even there yet. It's two weeks away. So you're setting yourself up for disaster. You're setting yourself up to not find the time. To have a shitty ass week. Well, if, no. and if you approach it where it's like, okay, this is going to be difficult, but where can I carve out some time or what things might I need to sacrifice in order to at least one out of, you know, like if, let's say it's a five-day work week, like normal people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, not normal. You know what I mean. I don't want to be the, a big the, people The anymore. average American work week of Monday through Friday. Let's yeah. say Monday through Friday you see your insane schedule and it doesn't work out with a class schedule, but you still want to train. Or you're not in any kind of martial program or martial arts school. You're just trying to get to the gym or you're trying to train something that you do online. You're part of an online program and you want to practice it or you're a yoga practitioner and you want to get more time on your mat. Really all it's about is just finding that hour or two and even half an hour, 20 minutes 
of something. Yeah. Because the more those 20 minutes, 5, 10 minutes, 20 minutes stacks on top of each other, yeah. there you go. You have time in. You have an investment. It's like, you know, some people – like there's that old school bodybuilder mentality of like I'm doing back and buys and I'm doing chest and tries and then I'm doing legs and accessories. And I'm going <laughs> to do them all to the point – that I can't move for the rest of the week. <laughs> I want to work my biceps to the point that I can't wipe. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm going to have arms like a T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> What's the point? I mean, like, obviously, you're going to feel muscle soreness if you're training hard. It's going to happen. You're going to feel bruises. You're going to have days where you have to take rest days because you need to recover and recuperate. But at the same time, there is something to be said about, like, a little something every day. Yeah. If you can't really get in those long, hard training sessions, there's something to be said about maintaining with a little something every day until you can carve out that time for a long, hard training session. And there's and there's also something, I think, to be said, and we've had tons of conversation about this, conversations about this, excuse me, of, you know, how important consistency and volume is sometimes, even over one or two hard training sessions a week, you know, being able to balance the hard training sessions with those little things where you can do Oh, okay. Like Ed, when we were doing pad work, it's like, hey, like there was points where we were where it was a little tiring, but you know that was more of a technique session where we were really working stuff we wanted to work on, as opposed to a a, a, a full hour and a half intermediate class where we're go, where we just do basics and forms for the first hour, and our legs are destroyed, and we're just trying to get through. But that's also training. It's just training different things, not only just physically, but also mentally, our mental and emotional faculties as well. Where with this. You know, we're trying to really get our body, our the body mind connection straight with. Okay, I need to move this way. I need to get out of this punch to throw this technique like this, and you move my hips this way to, to feel it properly. You know, so it's all it's all important. You know, and and again, uh, you know, I definitely agree with your point of like back to the horse stance of starting starting that way and kind of wanting to prioritize the form like the form first. And you know, and I've struggled with that as well. Um, but you know, again, having that perspective of like, listen, if there's a class where all you can do is like sit a little bit and you do thirty seconds, or sit in general. Listen, man, just like at we least said with you're the, there, at least uh, you dude, you're up. there, you're showing up, you're still you're still pushing your legs, you're still training. You could be not training. That is like, and that's something that we definitely all struggle with of of knowing that like being disciplined in training, but also being disciplined in your mind to like give yourself a fucking break where you don't need to be. You, if you're not at the school nine days out of the week. It's okay. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, oh, I was here five days this week or even three days. But you know what? This week I was here three or four days. And you know what? I got some other stuff done that I needed to get done in my life outside of training. You know? So understanding that balance and understanding that Kung Fu and, and training or anything you want to do has to be integrated or, 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 you know, you'd like it to be integrated into a healthy life balance that, you know, and that's what everything teaches you. Kung Fu, Tai Chi, it's all about balance. It's all about not, you know, doing things in moderation, having having things integrated properly where you're not overindulging in anything and it's and it's throwing your life out of whack you know and, but but and on that point there's also something to be said about the fact that like if you want to make any progress within a system there has to be time in and totally. in any kind of traditional system your teachers have to see that totally. because you need to kind of lay your ego down a little bit you can't just train on your own and be like i got it you know what I mean? Yeah. And then show up and be like, dude, nah, see if we'll listen to sit down. Just em- trust me. Empty cup. I got this. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Empty cup, which is, an, again, a awesome title idea, but it's too late now. We're shout the Marshall Mind Podcast. <laughs> yeah, shout out, because that was a really, really excellent idea. But we, we might still use that for yeah. something else. We but. might still use that for something else. But it is, it is a good, uh, at least, what's the word I'm thinking of? Mission statement. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, you got to approach Consistent each, each lesson. Cup. But there, there is something to be said about like, you know, like, oh, I can only make it three days this week, but then I better 
I better be there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like you better be there. And like, I, I, on the outside of the school have received criticism for this ideology of like, if it hurts, tape it up and get in there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if your ankle hurts or your knee hurts or whatever, put a brace on and get on the floor and do the best that you can without hurting yourself. If you know that training, you're going to get hurt, then you got to take the night off. But then there's something to be said about just showing up and just being there. Yeah, going going through the motions even. Just just being there, showing up. After my knee, there was so after my knee surgery, there were so many classes for a long time because like I didn't have great results from my knee surgery. Some people get knee surgery and they're like good to go, you know? I had knee surgery and like it would have been a career ender if I was a professional athlete. Like that that injury would have been the end of everything, and it really has kind of shaped the training prog- process. And it 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 really like was very discouraging for a long time because it was constant chronic pain, clicking, grinding. Um, I got the kind of surgery where they take the the kneecap tendon, the patellar tendon, and they graft that into a new ACL, and it created so much scar tissue and so much pain within my knee that it, it, it was almost impossible to get down into my stances. It felt impossible to get down into my stances to build my leg back up. And it would cause me so much pain and soreness. And shout out to knees over toes guy because it wasn't really until like a year and a half ago when I discovered his exercises and his Instagram page that I started playing with those ideas. And now I've been doing it hardcore. And between that like, I really do believe that there's something out there because, like, between finding that, this podcast came to me in a dream, and I texted you guys, and you guys were like, I'm in. You know what I mean? And now I feel like it's finally it's finally the opportunity for me to really turn myself into what I maybe had convinced myself I couldn't be and didn't work as hard towards those goals because I had convinced myself I would never be that person. I would never be that instructor. I would never be that fighter. I would never be that practitioner. And now I feel like, not because I'm the greatest or because I'm the best, but I feel like I figured out a way that I can get as far as I can go. You know what I mean? And this this podcast feels like a real, to, to your point, feels like a real jumping off point for all of us individually and together both in martial arts and other parts of our lives because I feel the same way where there was like this I I feel like you know there was this like potential there of things that I wanted to do and all this energy built up you know what I mean and like this I didn't have an outlet to put it in you know like that thing of just like you want to say something you want to do something but you don't know your brain doesn't have an answer for it you know and this kind of feels like feels like that which is definitely you know thank god man very 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 exciting that we're getting to do this and i'm grateful to be able to do this with all of you to your to your point though ed with you know also and i know you weren't you weren't talking about it this way but just to give you as much credit as well you know even though you find the found the knees over toes guy a year and a half ago i mean from from you or i'd say from from me hurting your knee um, which was what yellow high yellow sash? Yeah, we were like, it's funny because Ryan's my best friend, and I never attribute it with like Ryan did this thing to me, but like we were sparring, and shit happens sometimes, and we were doing clinch work, and yeah. um, I tried to throw you. Yeah, okay. he tried and to I throw stepped, me, and I just the, the our well, you line. stepped the right way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just like that's that's the thing about these techniques is is this subtle difference between like doing it on a training partner and doing it for real that could really cause damage yeah, to your the opponent. Mean way. Yeah. yeah, that's what he goes. He's like, oh, if you want to be mean, you could do this. It's like, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and even then, like, my inability at, the, at that time, that's why it's so important to do choreograph self-defense 
um, and not just spar because the choreographed self-defense teaches you how to go with a technique when it's happening to you. So there's an importance in being the uki. There's an importance in being the person that's getting thrown around and throwing it on the floor because I used to fight everything. And what happened? I fought the technique. We were sparring. I was, you know what I mean? And Ryan did it right. And not only did I get hurt, I was in denial about getting hurt. So I kept just trying again. But you were making a nice point about me. Continue. Oh, no. Of that, you didn't find Knees Over Toes guy until a year and a half ago or a year ago. So, dude, all of that work you did from literally getting your your ACL torn to being able to hold a six-minute horse stance on your black test at the beginning of your test. That, ended that was up being, before Knees Over Toes guy, yeah. That being that, And that was the beginning of an eight- to nine-hour test. That was all you, dude. Yeah, bro. That was all you. So if, that that's no joke. A six-minute no horse dance. No joke. Everyone out there, try a wall sit for half the time. Three minutes. Try it. Yeah, and a wall, <laughs> sit, and a wall sit is easier than horse dance, yeah. for sure, because you, yeah. you have no support. So so being able to sit and literally – and it's so much harder, too, because, you one, you're at the – especially, like, in, in Ed's position, um, you know – and I, w- I was in a somewhat similar position at the um, – for my Red Sash test where, you know, you, you were in the front – you're, you're, if you're in the front left corner of anything in class or especially a test, there are just like hungry, salivating teachers that are just like in the front of the room. One, pissed off that they got to watch you for nine hours, but two, just <laughs> screaming at you and just talking shit the whole day. So like you just have, I mean, you're sit- so you're sitting there knowing that you want to give up and there's just like, so you're going to just like, come on. Don't give up. And, and somebody he, else will be like, what, do you want to quit? What, are you a pussy? <laughs> like, no like, one ah. says that. No, no one calls well, you well, a pussy. <laughs> Nobody just, there's no pejoratives. No, no, no pejoratives. But um, uh, we got to release that the video of Ryan getting just smoked or the uh, the Seagong supercut. Like, oh we got to we gotta put that with in social. Per, with point. his permission, we'll oh, put that on, we'll yeah, put we that gotta, on YouTube. Yeah, we got to. You gotta ask Seagong about it if it's if it's okay if we put it online because it's all of his best audio and video. Oh and a lot God. of that is just him absolutely cooking Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> like meaty, meaty, like 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 oh, Donald Trump steak. Donald Trump steak well done like just on the smacked up. Yeah, literally. <laughs> if we know? do if we do see it please don't mind my fighting that was about 7 hours into I was barely standing at that point. I was just like trying to breathe. Well again, Facebook deleted my account. I have to ask Seema Rachel for them, but like uh, I think she still has the videos of the last few rounds, but I just was like, oh, they're in this Facebook message. I'll have them in there right, forever. Right. And, then and then you don't. My, my Facebook got deleted because I posted about ivermectin. Oops, sorry, everybody. Whoopsie. Whoopsie. <laughs> it wasn't even like I posted an opinion or anything. I just was like, sh- like having a conversation with somebody, and I posted an article on it, and I guess – like just an article, like it was just a link to an article, and I guess they flagged me. Misinformation. And then the the yeah the 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 feature to like recover your account didn't work, and it ended up deleting my account. And then yeah. oh, hit him with the ban hammer. He mentioned the I word. Put yeah, the ban hammer. The ban hammer. Well, but at the same time, like there was all these connections I had, all these people I would speak yeah, to every now and then, like it. And it it sucks that that's lost, but at the same time, like I'm out of that like toxic, just just. A microcosm of shit that Facebook makes you circle through because it wasn't. It's not like it used to be where it was like you know somebody posted X Y Z at two p.m. and you're seeing everything your friends are up to. It's just showing you the same three people over and over again, and then like some guy who posts a four hour long video. Wait for it. Wait for it. It's gonna catch fire. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking right. about? Where like oh, it'll be I like a video those. of a guy like loading Mentos into a bottle, one Mentos at a time for like I mean, 45 minutes. Nothing and like, happens. Yeah, nothing oh, happens. In just the la- like literal garbage. Yeah, cause just so that you can just, wa- the just so you sit there and watch it forever. Dude, and then, like huge pet peeve when there's like 
uh, like a couple and they're like doing like their videos and like one of the couple is like holding the camera phone mm. and also talking like adding their own commentary and talking over mm-hmm. the person the on camera time. and it's like dude you, you shut the fuck up <laughs> you, yeah. you know like <laughs> you're, you're operating the camera shut the shut fuck, the fuck up, up. <laughs> shut the fuck up shut the fuck up yeah but you know I forgot exactly where I was at with this, but like you, but thank you, Ryan, for that. Of I know course. we went on an ADD so tangent. It's important. It's important that, for you to recognize with, that. With, well, thank you for that. You know, and again, that's the training. That's the internals that got me there. But I, you know, I definitely have gone. I've definitely ping ponged. I've definitely, all have. you know what I mean. I would love to be in class five days a week, but like I got a lot going on. I got yeah. a lot going on that sometimes it's hard. Like, I would love to take class tonight, but, like, you know, I don't use a laundry service for my business yet. So sometimes I got to go do – I got to go to the laundromat. I got – you know, I got to take care of my stuff. I got to cook cook for the week. I got to do things. You half know of being I mean? a licensed massage therapist is doing laundry. Yeah, cleaning yeah, sheets. Seriously, <laughs> half of it is just folding sheets. Yep. Um, but there's, there's a lot – there's a lot of life to live outside of the school, but there's also a level of dedication to your school that you need to uphold. You know, I mean, like, I've been hit with this recently. You know, we, we lost Zongshir Creighton, and it's... Also one of uh, Seagong's teachers. Yeah. In a way, yeah. Um, Not in a way, like... like oh, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he, he, he knew him since he was, I think, Oh, right, 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 right. Like, yeah. he worked together... For with him for 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 a long long time and he was because it was what him and him and sifu are outside of sir john moses were his two 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 of his other main like teachers correct yes okay yeah um, i was mixing them up with somebody they're, else. they're they're in the family yeah, yeah. Right, right, okay. but um oh what's the point i was gonna make you know i'm i'm so blessed and lucky that i even got to meet him before he passed but at the same time there is no other you know our teachers, whether your teacher is 25 years old and has their own school, or your teacher is 65 years old and have their own school, they're only going to be around for so long. And that system should outlast them. You know, we're doing it. We're doing an art right now. And I had mentioned briefly the training in secret. But for a little history lesson for you, you know, and I think this goes back and brings things full circle with the whole. Uh, taking away our weapons that we were discussing earlier. So there goes 45 of you. You just signed off. But bing like, bong. Yeah. <laughs> ding, ding. Bing, but bong, bong. You're, you're talking about disarming the people. You're talking about taking their weapons away, right? Now, this same kind of subjugation happened against Kung Fu practitioners during different dynasties in China. They were dynasties where the... They, they, were, they were, you know... Buddhist. Buddhist, and the temple was... Uh, revered and honored and they were used in military conflict and there was lots of praise happening or there's the story of the 13 monks that went and rescued the nephew of the emperor and, you know what I mean yeah. um, revered the martial arts were revered and then there were other times where they were like man people knowing this stuff they could rise up against us and that's a problem we better make sure that we, we kill them if we find them training anything legitimate. Yeah, they you know ban I mean? the teaching of the martial arts just like they're banning rifles. They banned the teaching of, of Kung Fu because it's viewed as a weapon. Because it is. It can be weaponized. And, and that's exactly the point that I'm trying to make. You know, There's not a whole lot of hand-to-hand combat that happens in warfare these days. It's all explo- you know, a lot of explosives and guns. Like you know, Very rarely are you getting close enough where you're going to 
see the whites of the eyes of the person that you're going to kill. But at the same, but in those days, that was the opposite. Everything was sword, spears, and hand to hand. Yep. Maybe you had a bow and arrow, and you can get somebody from a distance. But even then, you know. Um, so if you knew how to fight, if you knew how to operate weaponry, if you knew how to master, you like were a gun. Yeah, you <laughs> were a gun with legs. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, you'll feel like a fighter plane made of biceps. <laughs> <laughs> Rawberry. <laughs> crystal meth. It's crystal meth in a can. Um, ancient internet references, guys. Sorry. Ancient. <laughs> but um, yeah. So Ryan, you had a point to make. Um. Well, no. I mean, it, it's just, and it's just cool seeing how much um, you know. You know, at least with our system, you know, we get to, and again, all, you know, a lot of other systems have this where you get to, you know, really look into the rich history. You know, Seagong would talk about all the time, you know, you know, some, some days, especially during the summer, we would train, you know, train part of the class outside, you know, and he'd be like, oh, you know, there's something very, very special about that because, you know, so many times, you know, even just training Kung Fu, if you got caught, you could be killed, you know? So, yeah. so be training under the moonlight and training, it can get very, you know, again, very, very poetic, but he's like, you know, there's something very connected to kind of the essence of Kung Fu in in its in its tumultuous past where again again as you said it under certain dynasties it was just forbidden to practice they were just you know the temple burned down multiple times practitioners killed scrolls burned you know just trying to clear it off the face of the earth and you and know. that's the point like we were trying to get Sifu on here Sifu Lloyd on here like uh, eventually and to have him explain the lineage the way he explains it because he's such a master of the history of things you know but if you just think about even just our family system and where it traveled through and then was eventually put back together with the tradition, the classic Shaolin forms. Yeah. You know, um, it's, you know, uh, I can't think right now, but we're also probably going to do a more of a deep dive episode on both general history and lineage, hopefully either with us or, or when, or when we, at least when we have C4. as time goes on and it might be a Patreon thing. Mm, I'm thinking that some of the stuff that we do end up, it might be Patreon stuff, yeah. like some of the more special bonus episodes or like deep dives and whatnot. Yeah, but again, we, we need listener support for that. Um, but the point that I was trying to make is that people died. People struggled to preserve this art form for 1,500 years. And you walking into that school have an opportunity to take the blood, sweat, and tears of those individuals that then your teacher has dedicated their life to by opening that school. And you have an opportunity to make that a part of you and to learn and share that material. And then if you're in a position where you could then learn enough of it to then become a teacher yourself, and that's part of why teaching is a requirement for your like teaching hours because of the self confidence the self confidence it teaches you the understanding of the material and then you find out whether or not you want to be a person who is part of the family and trained or a person who takes that weight on your shoulders and carries it for the future generations yeah you know and that's a huge commitment that's a huge 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 commitment you know one that's that's where I can't expect everybody that I train with to design their life the way that I've designed my life, but I'll use myself as proof that it can happen. You know what I mean? I'm working on things. I got things in the works. The business is building. I have a plan. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I'm at the school six days a week. I'm training all the time. I'm lifting in the morning and doing my, my, my forms extra uh, before and after class whenever I can. Um, and tai Chi as much as I can be. I'm, I'm doing my best to put the work in. And over the course of the past seven years, I would say, 
uh, you know, I've been at the school for 10, but I would say it took me a few to really learn this, you know, like to design your life when you're making your schedule with your work, being like, okay, well, I have to be here at this, this, that, and the third time. Like when I was a mechanic, I used to turn down job offers and I had gotten in trouble at certain places because it was like, oh, I got to be somewhere. Like it's really important that I get there. And it was important to me. I'm not saying you should shirk your responsibilities, but what I'm saying is if you have the opportunity to set your availability or you can make it there and then you don't, that's on you. Right. You know what I mean? That's on you. And if you really want it, you have to discipline yourself and design your life to be able to make it happen. You know what I mean? Which is, and it's like, I get it. Classes at a certain time. We don't have 18,000 students where there can be classes at all times and 50 million teachers and this whole big Tiger Shulman's network of nonsense. And the reasoning because of that is because it's, it's hard. It's hard to even get people to the point to become teachers. Yeah. Like there's only, I mean, again, I mean, I think in Seagong's what, he's been teaching, he's been owning a school since he was 23. So like, you know, close to, what is that? Close to 25 years he's been, he's been running a school. And I mean, he's had what, like how many black sessions has active right now? There's, I think 12. Yeah. That's like, that's insane. And it just speaks to not only the um, ten or twelve, yeah. Not only what it takes to get to that point, but the maintenance it takes to stay there, stay active, and be kind of in good standing. You know, it's 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 an it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing uh, commitment. And I think that's kind of the thing. Just to hopefully maybe maybe bring it home here. You guys can, of course, let me know what you think. But again, it's it's that kind of bringing it all together. You know, figuring out what you want, designing your life in a way that can really help supplement the things that you want to go after and then just kind of putting in that little bit of effort, you know, every day and being okay with being uncomfortable, you know, and knowing that, you know, a lot of times uncomfortability is, it's your, it's your body and your kind of psyche showing you things and pointing you in directions that you need to go. And that goes back kind of to kind of that, you know, universal nudging, you know, of being, and, and that's what martial arts teaches you is that mind body connection to feel things, to kind of have know where the lighthouses are kind of in you. And be yeah. able to be like, okay, I'm moving more in this direction, or okay, this feels uncomfortable. That maybe that's not a bad thing, you know. And being able to, and then moving towards that uncomfortability, you know, can move you in directions and grow you, and you know, make you more well-rounded. You know, it's a lot of it's martial arts. It's one of the cornerstones of what having martial arts be a part of your life is. Is it just helps you be more well-rounded. And it goes back to you know the Buddhism that it's founded in. You know what I mean? That that concept of suffering and suffering being experienced. It's it's like we, we were in Tai Chi last night, and uh, I know you guys couldn't make it, but we were in Tai Chi last womp, night. Womp. And, <laughs> um, Sigong talked about Medicine Buddha, right? And Medicine Buddha, we train it, but it's an ancient practice that is lost in some schools, and other schools still retain it and still have it. We're blessed enough to be in a school that still practices that. And that is basically working with the energy in another person. You know, you're working with that essence and being able to feel and understand that um, bioelectric energy of the body and notice it in somebody else. You know, and I use that in my work all the time. I can kind of feel what point needs to be stimulated. I can kind of feel oh, certain tissues, you know what I mean? I even had a uh, somebody on my table the other day and I was working on them for like 10, 15 minutes and she was like, you do Qigong? And I was like, yeah, I do. And she was like, I can tell. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. She's like, she's like you, you train? And it turns out we had went to the same school. Wow. Mm. And she had been at, um, she actually knew Qigong Greg because... As everyone does. <laughs> as everybody does, yeah. But she was the only, one of the only people that was at uh, 
the school I went to, I, the massage oh. school I went to, the New York College of Health Professions used to be called the New Center. And back in those days, he taught Tai Chi there first. And, wow. And um, she was there when he was still teaching at the school. That's really cool. So he had started her journey, and she ultimately found other teachers, but she was sensitive enough to that that she could tell I was a practitioner just by me working on her. But isn't you know it a I mean? crazy enough fact that the body does have an electrical charge? Yeah, one hundred percent. And then you'll learn. And really, you know, take the woo woo out of it. You're just learning to notice it, mm-hmm. and you're learning to notice how the 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 frequencies of the things around you affect you, and whether or not that's something that you jive with or not. You know what I mean? Right. Be it the feel of a room, the feel of somebody's attitude or energy. You know what I mean? And not energy in the like in like like, like, like spiritual aura. Archie, like bro, telling me that like no, I just like the, just the vibes they're putting off. You know what I mean? Right. That has a certain frequency, and you you learn how to tap into that. I mean, so take take the craziness out of it. You're just really learning how to like be an antenna. Yeah, you know? and you, any any person can understand like oh, I just I got like a weird vibe from that or like oh you know the vibe was really good there you know like people understand like what that means you know even though it's like it's crazy to say like yeah there's our bodies do have an electrical charge and there are energies that are put into the air and transferred between one another like it sounds like some woo woo bullshit it's not because you, you can ask any person like well yeah the vibes were a little off there and they know what you mean. Because it's it's it, you can boil it down to that simple emotional statement of like yeah it just didn't feel right, and everyone's had that moment like yeah it just didn't feel right, and that's that's kind of that uh, an example of that being receptive to to those vibes to 100%. each other's energy to and then, electricity. When it comes to like my profession, you know, you're 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 using that in practice, and that's why it's called medicine Buddha to. To then be able to see what's happening and help somebody and maybe stimulate those those points or tissues in order to allow their body to heal. Like I'm not like if anybody says I'm a healer. No, you're not a healer. Okay. <laughs> you're not and this is my professional opinion. I feel I'm valid in saying this. You're not a healer. You are a healing facilitator. Right. Mm. You open the door. There's nothing that I'm doing where I'm like magically making your cells repair yeah. and fix themselves well, it's literally I'm just stimulating pe- blood flow uh, stimulating blood flow stimulating uh 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 nervous response you know what i mean like the nervous the stimulation of the the, the signals of the nervous system you know what i mean um and move around that fascia yeah and the moving fascia. the connective tissue but not to get into the, into the finite details yeah, but you're not like i'm restoring people. your body at the mitochondrial <laughs> level yeah it's not a healing spell i'm literally injecting you with my energetic atp <laughs> into no, your mitochondria the powerhouse of the, the cell <laughs> you know <laughs> oh, i need to take a nap now i've exhausted all of my energy i need to go refill my mana bar oh my god <laughs> blue wizard needs you have a potion badly. by chance a mana potion um, your health is low do you have any potions or food but <laughs> but so so guys so people who are listening um our lives have been changed by what we do, and we bring that up constantly all the time. And we would love for you to take that journey with us, not just as our listeners, but as our extended family, And which is why we've started the Discord and we want to create a martial mind community of people that can help each other through these times. You know, through times where you feel like you're not hitting your goals, through times where you feel discouraged. We want to make a community 
of impartial people who can be there for each other. And that's what the point of the Discord is. We can share memes. We can share videos. We can All share ideas. Memes. We can have conversations. We can meet people. You know, we can... You can host an AMA. Ask me anything. Yeah, you know? 100%. Yeah. Um, and so that is available through our Patreon, which is... Everything's on our link tree. So if you go to our Instagram and hit follow, which is that's how we want to wrap people right now because we're trying to grow this. Go to your Instagram, go to at Marshall Mindcast and click the link tree and then you'll have click, links to Apple and Spotify all and Google Podcast, which we are also on. Um, we are on Anchor at anchor.fm slash the Marshall Mind Podcast. We, at that first, at any level of the Patreon, you will be able to join the Discord. And again, we want to hear from you guys to find out what you want and what kind of content you want to see us put out. So right. we want to hear from you to find out what you're driving with, what you're not driving with, what you what resonates with you, and maybe even be able to schedule some things where we get some people on. You know what I mean? For sure. And and also too, even, you know, hopefully as it gets a little bit bigger and, you know, more people are involved on the Discord, you know, being able to you know, kind of what I was talking about last time, you know, having good kung fu, you know, not just in martial training, but you know, uh, you know, loving to see either videos of people training or, you know, either either videos or stories of, you know, how you know, hopefully, you know, this is helping you guys or in general, just you, you guys succeeding and, and moving your lives forward in the way that, you know, through your good kind of general Kung Fu. So, you know, and any and all support like that is really important because we want to be able, you know, it's not just supporting us. It's we want to support you guys and build a community that can support each other and support itself. Like, like you were saying it. And right. Like, and the school and our teachers are not these, these, uh, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but like it's not out of your grasp to join us in that too. Because wherever you're living in the country, we have two people from out of state that train three times, three, three four times yeah, a on week Zoom. via Zoom. And I know it might sound like it's not, it's obviously not as hands on. You're not there. But if you maintain that studentship at the school and you're training the techniques, like John comes to the. Elmore, he comes to the. Uh... He's from Arizona. He came down for he came he flew in for his test. Yeah, and that's an incredible level of dedication, you know. Yeah. And he, he's he been... trains trains remote and then comes in for the test. It's amazing what he can do just... and kills it and yeah. kills it. Like you know, there's just there's just so much that you can do, especially in this day and age where sometimes you might not be comfortable working with people or going and rolling around on a floor with 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 people that you don't know. Like and uh, we get that, we understand that, you know. And the other facet of it is. It's an excellent source of information. We're so lucky to be in a school with such high quality instruction and such high quality knowledge and ancient, ancient understandings of the way things are trained and the way things are done. Um, and uh, we really are so lucky to be in a place where those traditions are upheld in such a way. So just ShaolinLohan.com is our teacher's website or hit him up on Instagram at, at AuthenticShaolin. And message him about trying out a class on Zoom and seeing if it's worth it for you guys. We have some old students that had moved away, that yeah. had come back to the school yeah. via Zoom. One of our one of one of the one of Seagong's longtime black sashes is in I think like upstate, and he he trains on Zoom. Um, he trains mostly on Zoom. Yeah, you know what I mean. For, he but, but he's but he's there for but again it's that it's that you know that that um, dedicated advanced kind of student mentality in the 21st century you know it's it's you know i'm dedicated but I, you know i'm here but i'm here on zoom you know but i'm here still you yeah know? and as long as you got like uh, a, 
a small space to train in, any space where you could, you know, you're not going to knock over the lamp or anything or, yeah. or break any furniture. Yeah. You need or to kick a shih tzu or something. You yeah, know? you do not want to kick a shih tzu or a Doberman. Or a <laughs> Definitely not a Doberman. There's so many dogs. I love dogs. <laughs> but, yeah, no, you have a good amount of space, like a little room, like the back room where you can go train and bring your laptop, set up the Zoom. And it, it's, it's definitely... A, you will receive enough information to train and to progress. And that's how I started because the pandemic hit when I first started. Yeah. So right here in your living room. Yeah. In the living room, I was in the backyard using bricks as buckets, you know, and, yeah. and I stayed with it and you can learn a lot. You can really develop a base level of knowledge and even build upon that through zoom remotely from home. I, I promise you it's, it's a great, yeah. and I guarantee a Seagull will give you a free class, one free class. See if it's for you. Yeah. See yeah. if it's for you. And so. and it's not not even to the point where it's like, you know, the only point of training is to become the next John Jones. It's not true. The only He's point of training, beast. you know, you're not yes. you're, not everybody's going to be Anderson Silva. You yeah. know what I mean? That's not the point. The point is to be the best you that you can be and you can 100% achieve that and learn the things that we're learning on your own through through visual instruction and then ultimately if you're a student on Zoom and you're ever in the area, or you ever want to come down, you'll be able to come down. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It, 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 it'll be there for you, and you'll have to come to, he, to the school to test, though. Yeah. That's the one stipulation I want to make to anybody working. You can't you're, test You're, you're going to have to be able to come to the school to test 100%. Um, we need and, to be able to hit you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, don't, you, don't, you don't fight right away. You don't fight right away. But, you know, but, 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 even, but even then, you know, it's, it's really a great thing. And, and, and he, our teacher's also posting lots of tips and tricks that for other practitioners, yeah, you can take um, those tips and tricks. Go what's, check them what's, out. What's the, uh, what's his TikTok? His TikTok? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. That's the thing, because I, I know every, everyone. I want to say it's Sifu Greg Z. But. Everyone has, yeah, everyone has TikTok. He, he, he posts great, great tips. Great tips on TikTok, TikTok and also on, again, on, you can find him on Facebook as well. Um, but yeah, he is on TikTok. Um, but yeah, guys, you know, it's, you know. Definitely. I'm looking for the TikTok right now. So, oh, Sifu Greg Zilb, there he is. Is that it? It's at Sifu Greg Zilb. At Sifu Greg Zilb. Is it S H I F U or S I F U? At S H I F U G R E G G Z I L B. Sifu Greg Zilb. All right, yeah. So definitely check him out on TikTok too, because like, there's lots of awesome techniques and tips and tricks that he puts up there to. You know, motivate, inspire, and educate, and that's really what it's all about. That's what we're trying to do too: motivate, inspire, and educate. Although and, we're very long-winded. Yes. And and what's great too is another thing to check out um, that both me and Ed were a part of um, in in um, different different areas um, for a while. Seagong and they're actually starting to do it again. But they had on their YouTube channel. Is it? Uh, the Authentic Shaolin Kung Fu YouTube channel, right? That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So if you just type in Authentic Shaolin Kung Fu, you'll see. I mean, I guess if you know what he looks like, you'll see him on the uh, thumbnails. But, um, they they do a whole series on and it's and it's just called Kung Fu Myth Kung Fu Mythbusters, where they go through and they're like, hey, this is how weapons are applied in in modern day. This is how this is how you use this is the under modern understanding of certain animal styles, drunken sanda fighting, tai chi, martial tai chi. Uh, so it's all, you know, China, Sui Jiao. So it's really, really cool to kind of see the stuff and the principles that he teaches us in a way that is broken down and made for kind of real modern day. Um, but yeah, guys, check check it all out. You know, definitely, you know, we want to hear from you guys. So please let us know any progress, anything you ha guys have going on. Because that's really what we want the community and the Discord to be, is to be kind of this place where people can, you know, feel supported and really help each other through, through the bullshit at times. So just, you know... Let us know if you have any questions, um, and yeah, just 
you know, we love the support and, and, um, you know, we're, we're going to be here for you guys. You know, you guys be here for us and we'll be, we'll keep pumping out content and hopefully giving you guys stuff you want to hear. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I think, uh, I think this is a good place guys. I think this is a good time to end it. So yeah. Thank thank you guys so much. I mean, really it, it, it means the world, the support that we've received, the conversations that we've had with people just in the small beginnings, the short time we've been doing this, we've already received so much positive feedback from what we're doing um we try to keep it entertaining and educating and inspiring and some days we have more jokes than others and other days it's more serious than others and we're just we're shooting from the cuff we're just saying what we feel and what's on our heart you know we're flying by the seat of our yellow kung fu pants oh mine are gray but that's mine are blue okay well oh my god (laughs) (laughs) um but there goes the point guys jesus that's okay. They have to know yeah. what color pants we have. <laughs> they have to know. Well, you know, we want in, in, in the the heart of levity. You know what I mean? We, we, we try to keep it light and try to come at everything from the, the empty cup, the student's perspective. You know, and we really just want you guys to to be there with us and take that journey with us. And we want to see this be a community that can elevate the rest of the community. Not everybody is going to be in the martial arts community. It's not everybody is going to want to be in the martial arts community. But those of us in the martial arts community can continually better ourselves to continually be a better influence on the community around us. Because if you want to see change in the world and if you want to see change in the country, it starts with you and it starts with your interactions with people from on the day-to-day. Yeah. It doesn't start at the top. It doesn't start with the president. It doesn't start with, legis- with that kind of legislation. It doesn't start with Congress. It starts with you. And it starts with your small, local... Yeah. Local individuals local that control. you know, local local politics. What you can control. That's why it's so important to vote, yeah. especially in your small local elections. You know what I mean? Like, and if you want to, if you want to affect change, and you want to affect the ideology and the attitude and the mood and the vibe, like you were saying, <laughs> of the people in the community around you, it starts with you. It starts you, with you. It starts yeah. with the energy you put out because you attract what you put out. Yeah. Right. I, think that's a, I think that's a good uh, good spot to end it on. Right, okay. so, so be kind to one another. Be the change you wish to see in the world. And thank you for listening to the Martial Mind Podcast. Good night, everybody. Good night.